You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at anchor.fm slash WCMJ. This is a sports podcast based that talks about NBA, football, and anything else that can come to the sports fan mind. We stick to the educated and the diehard fans, as well as the casual listener as well. Our show is brought to you by New Taylor & Associates, located at newlawoffice.com. You can also check out our wonderful sponsors, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Strip Cam Fun also helps bring you this podcast, as well as our sponsors at Stay Classy Meats, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order of the freshest meat available in the United States. Now, let's take it over to our host. Here's Nate and Tim bringing you this week's edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. The podcast may be a little late, but we're all straight, and we're here on Wide Men Can't Jump. We're glad to have you all with us. Not that there's anything wrong with being the other way either. I'm Nate, of course, bringing the, the show to you tonight with me as always. He's the crankiest Canadian this side of the border, even though he's on the other side. He's ready for action. It's the crazy, cranky Canadian himself, Tim Dombrova. Tim, welcome aboard. I apologize to no one for nothing. There you go. Also joining us here this week again, it's Jeff, the man, the myth, the trivial legend himself. Jeff, welcome back. Great to be back. Always good to have you guys here, and another splendid edition of Wide Men Can't Jump is what Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jeff's intro was like he was like a four-time winner on Jeopardy. It's good to be back. Good to be back. <laughs> he was like Ken Jennings there for a while. He just sat around and was like, "Yeah, you know." <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. The army guy won earlier. I watched it, so maybe I. Yeah, I watched it too. Um, I, I also I watched, watched it, it and I nailed Final Jeopardy. Thank you very much. I got. I did I got, not. I got Summer Soldier. I got that one. See, I I, I couldn't. I got it wrong. I, I didn't do very good tonight in Jeopardy. I, I had a rough one. Didn't know. Didn't know Final at all. I did pretty good with Tom Payne. But that was about it. Yeah, yeah. I did all right with those. Um, but anyway, enough about Three Jeopardy for this. <laughs> Regardless, even though we're all old, we all get home in time to watch Jeopardy every day. What was the name of the book? Did you at least know that? What book? Well, the character was Wilbur for Final Jeopardy. But what? No, nah, I book? didn't even know the book. If I'd have known the book, I'd have known the character. Okay, but you don't know it now, even even after finding out the character. Oh, Charlotte's Web. There you go. And Wilbur was a. He's a pig. Some pig. Was, where Charlotte. was he born? It's a Cliftonite. Where? Clifton Heights. Oh, that's not it's a right. Clifton Heights. Shinston. All right, anyway, we got a jam-packed show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about all things sports. Uh, Let's get this one out of the way here. Uh, Baseball kicked off the other night. The All-Star break is on. Uh, Did anybody see the Home Run Derby? I did not. Jeff, Tim, anybody watch that? No? Okay. Uh, Caught the tail end of it, and... Uh, just you get to see a whole lot. Uh, Pete yeah, I Alonso, didn't. Hit. I think he hit. I think he hit 35 home runs in the first round. Is that what it was? Yeah, something like that. It was a big number. So, 
I didn't almost watch. as as almost as large as the uh, home uh, television audience. It's on again right now called because of the Yankees Red Sox. Uh, Is it COVID. a delay? Yeah, no. Ah. COVID. Yeah. Aaron uh, Judge okay. maybe one of them. Well, all rise indeed. Uh, don't these guys? Do you think they didn't get the vaccine, or are they they're all? They're all no. They're all vaccinated. Every last one of them. Hmm, that's weird. All star break maybe with one round. You know, not being. Not well, being the, the, the vaccine is not a cure all. It's a stopgap. It's a good well, thing. Well, again, these it's... guys are these guys are tested, and uh, whether they've been vaccinated or not, they get tested mainly because of the whole. Um, you know, they don't want to pass it on to anybody that doesn't have it. You know what I mean? I so maybe see... they're maybe they're testing positive for it, but they're not like sick. If that makes sense, that's what I would assume. I didn't see anybody say anything about. It just said positive test. They didn't say who or how many, but who who knows? It could be a variant, also possibly, because I Maybe. understand there's another one of those popped up. So the Delta variant seems. No, to no, be- no. There's a Lambda one now too. Ah, okay. So who knows? But uh, they just they they don't want to get sued into next year, so they're just it's easier to just go. All right. Let's just shut it down and wait and you know take some more tests tomorrow. Yeah, especially when there's especially when it's a sport that plays 162 regular season games. So yeah. Okay this this article here says the Yankees uh, Yankees general manager we have three positives and we have three pending that are on rapid tests so they're waiting to you know so they've got six on the team well that's not a small amount for I don't know what's on a major league baseball roster but. What, 40 guys, maybe? If that? Mm, I don't know. I, I don't know either, but let's say, let's say even if there is 40, which seems a little high to me, but that's, you know, what, 15% of your team has COVID, maybe. But yeah, all three were fully vaccinated, as are most of the players on the team. So I'll take back what I said about all of them. I thought they all were. But everybody's quarantined mm-hmm. and moving on, so... That's going to happen. That's going to be one of those things that's going to pop up every now and then. So, not unlike myself. Well, um, well, how about the All-Star game? Did anybody check out the All-Star game? Well, you know, Nate, I tried to watch it, and I turned it on, and I thought, what did I tune into Barnum and Bailey or something? What in the hell was with those uniforms? Oh, they were the worst. I know we had talked about them about a month ago. Jeff, you finally saw the uniforms, didn't you? I did see them. And uh, Woo! something to note, second lowest rating all-star game of all time for baseball. Ouch. Wow. Ouch. Did not know that. Yeah. Did not know that. Uh, what, what do you think the problem is? Because the all-star game used to be a huge deal. That was it one of those was. things where it was like, yeah. Something you not anymore. Forward to. I know that. Being a growing up and watching it, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, they, you know, both sides took it pretty serious, but um, I think a lot of it's become. I think a lot of people might have been mad because of the switch from Atlanta to Colorado, and as we mentioned, I think the uniforms were a turn off. <laughs> Boy, were they! I couldn't keep my lunch down looking at those things. Those were terrible. And, and you know what? Leave it to Ed Bogus, who who posted something positive about the the uniforms. And I was like, Ed, I love you, but no, these uniforms are terrible. 
I fully believe Ed Boggs' house could burn to the ground, and he would comment that, well, you know, it's disappointing, but uh, the, the debris fell nicely in a really cool pattern, so we had that at least going for us. <laughs> I mean, I love Ed. Ed's a great dude. but He's the most yeah, he's, positive man in, I've ever met. To, to, in directions that just utterly amaze me on occasion. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, baseball... Uh, all-star break going on right now should be back. What tomorrow? Like most everybody will be back to playing. Well, there was going to be like some of them were going to be tonight, but, uh, yeah, I knew the Yankees Red Sox game was supposed to be tonight, but now Vladimir Guerrero jr. Won the MVP. So uh-huh. he joins, uh, Griffey's and the bonds as a father, son, uh, MVP has bad won it also in 2006. So pretty cool, I guess. If it take away from the All Star game, he hit a long home run in the game. Yeah, he cranked one. I saw that. Like I just saw some highlights. He absolutely cranked one. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how far it went, but four, that was a, about 460. I think they said. Man, over over the fence, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear Lord, Tim. Of course, it went over the fence. Well, I didn't know if you'd know that. You not really uh, watch, you don't watch much baseball, apparently. I don't watch much, but I watch some. Uh, God. Now I know what you've never hit to... one over the fence. That is actually true. <laughs> never did crank one in little league, man. Came close a couple times, but never did get a hold of one all the way. I, I really tried. To be honest, did. I don't think I ever hit one playing. Well, we don't really have little league, but. Uh, what we call hardball up here. Mm. Uh, but I have hit many, many in slow pitch and fastball, which is uh, a softball for you guys, I guess you call it. I mean, don't get me wrong. If somebody sent me a nice, you know, slow pitch, I could probably get a hold of it, especially if I put, if I put my weight behind it, it might land in New uh, Mexico. You never uh, got a chance to crank one out in T-ball? No, never did. I only played T-ball a couple of years, and everybody get a hold of one all the way. It's actually pretty hard to hit a home run in T-ball. It yeah. is because you got to get so like you can't loop your swing really. You got to kind of exactly. hit level to knock the ball off. Level on, it. So. You can't get under it and, and lift it. Je- Jeff's a home run guy. He used to clear the bases. Not yeah, you know, T-ball. You know, there's no speed coming from the other direction, so it's going to be it's just standing there. So it's yeah, you know, it's going to be. Wasn't well, uh didn't Jeff didn't he soundbite there during the Little League World Series? Uh, I just like to hit dingers. <laughs> yes, that was little Jeff. <laughs> I still remember that. <laughs> what was what was that guy's what was that kid's name? Big Al. Big, Big Al. Al. Yeah, I just here to hit dingers. Yeah, he goes, My name's <laughs> my name's <laughs> Alfred Sutherland. He got my friends call me Big Al and I hit dingers. <laughs> by God, he did too, and he got in there. Yeah, that well, there kid was, was on like video. Yes, because some video popped up of him just uh, three, four days ago, where it was at some like uh, summer like training, like a park, you know, kind of a deal. Yeah, a camp or something. And and you know, well, are you having fun? And he goes, well, sure, I'm having fun. Uh, well, what have you been up to? Just hitting dungers. He's been saying that for years, apparently, because he's like about eight in this clip. <laughs> You guys ever play the uh, Little League baseball game on Nintendo? It was. I did. Actually, Canada was good on there, Tim. Canada was a good. That's <laughs> shocking. That that had to have been a mistake at the factory. They, must, they, saw, they got they got Canada and Cuba mixed. Up. They must have had a. I mean, I don't know that particular year, maybe, but maybe you all had a. 
good team that year. So. I don't know because I don't. Uh, I mean, traditionally we're not that good at that sport, and I don't think. I don't want to say last year. I think they got into the well. Now, Jesus, the, the Little League World Series. You need a a guidebook and a map and a degree to figure out how they do it with all the seating and divisions and yeah it's, it's like the basketball playoffs yeah it's a, it's a little crazy these days if but, nobody if you don't get that reference you need to go check that out because that that's funny <laughs> that's one of the strangest movies ever made i love that movie it's entertaining but very weird oh man but yeah that was baseball for uh the other day i know jeff had mentioned he wanted to to discuss a big trade in the NHL that it went down. Tim, you and I talked about this probably a month and a half, two months ago, maybe on one of the shows. And what did we say that Edmonton would need to uh, maybe get over the hump in the playoffs? A roster. Well, they need her. Obviously, they need a roster. What, what were the they need? Well, no, well, I, I'm of two minds about this trade because I'm not sure. I think they screwed up myself based on the fact that they, they didn't wait. There's, well, uh, what, what was the trade for those of us that don't know? Well, it's, it's not a, it's not a huge trade in the sense that he, I mean, it would have been a huge trade five years ago if they'd have got him. Right. Right. Now he's, he's going to be 38 years old in a couple of yeah. days, I believe. So that's the big uh, question. Does he have anything left in the tank? Well, and they didn't get uh, the – they had to pay his whole salary. So, well, actually, that's not true. They don't have to pay his whole salary, but they've got his whole cap hit. Uh, for two more years at 38, that's getting up there. Uh, they had to give up a pretty promising prospect who, as we all know, may turn into something and may not. No one really knows. So they took a bit of a gamble there. Thing is, is that a couple of guys have already uh, not been protected in the expansion draft that they could have got who are younger for less money. Uh, he kind of held all the cards in this one. Uh, he had a full full uh, no-trade clause, so he basically told the Blackhawks he'd go to Edmonton and nowhere else, uh, the reason being his son is in Vancouver or parts somewhere close to Vancouver, so he wanted to be a little closer to home. Uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, if you know the whole thing there. He went through a messy... Let's, uh, di- let's say who, uh, Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith. Place. He went through a messy divorce where one of the guys, his wife was uh, having an affair with one of the players on the team, and it got and it got ugly, and so, he, he, so they got, had to get divorced, so he wants to be where his son is. And he's already... I mean, Edmonton's a good enough team, but he's already got three Stanley Cups and one Olympic gold and Norris Trophy, the best defenseman trophies. So he's done everything. Yeah, he yeah. yeah, he's he's done everything, so he doesn't – he's not going to Edmonton to win a cup necessarily. Well, he, you know, and he won the Conn Smythe uh, uh, trophy, which is the uh, most valuable player during the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs in 2015. But as you – but I, I think they can bring he can bring some leadership, and they might need, you know, some uh, you know winning leadership there, locker room uh, leadership. Well, he's he's not what he once was, but he's better than just about everybody they have. So as right. far as that goes, he's an upgrade for them. Um, the question will be how much does he have left in the tank, and 
sometimes, yeah, you never know. Sometimes guys go to a new place and they it really rejuvenates them. Right. And sometimes guys at the end of their careers kind of go, yeah, this is <laughs> this isn't right. as much fun as I thought it was going to be. So I right. just well, you got to come in and Edmonton for at least trying, I think, to get some uh, role good role players on their team and. Um, you know, well, they got swept, but they every game I believe they lost by one goal. So maybe that's well. They had to replace. They had a guy, uh, Tyson Berry, who was only 28, who I believe led the league in scoring for defensemen, if I'm not mistaken, or was close anyway. And they let they let him walk, so they had to do something. You know, at least I mean, people can say whatever they want about Duncan Keith. He might be a little slower. Uh, you know, he's a lot of miles on the on the old clock there for him. But at one time, he was one of the best defensemen, or if not the best defenseman in the league. And you can't teach that stuff. So hopefully some of it, if you're an Oiler fan, you hope some of it rubs off on the rest of the team. Duncan Keith, that's a kick-ass name, I believe. Well, it it is a pretty solid of, name. It makes me think of Duncan Hines every time I hear it. Makes me think of Duncan Sheik. Cause I am barely breathing and I can't yeah. find the air. No, no, nobody a fan. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> quit your day I mean, job. <laughs> I mean, at least Duncan Hines makes cake, Nathan. Well, Duncan, Duncan Sheik makes Duncan Donuts. Duncan, I mean, I can't believe you didn't go to Duncan Donuts. I, Duncan Sheik was the first name that popped into my head. So there you go. <laughs> Is that a dual effort with you and Joe? Maybe. Which one of you had which part of the name? You lost me on that one. Uh, well, maybe you're not old enough to get the slang there. I must not be. Anyway, Fair let's, let's, uh, let's <laughs> like shift a, gear. I like the Heinz part, I guess. Oh, yeah, Heinz uh, is yeah. good. Heinz Ward. There we go. Taking it back to the sports. Oh, speaking of which, did you see this Tom Brady story? Well, what Tom Brady story? I must have missed it. That Tom Brady was played the entire season on a partially torn MCL. Oh yeah, I did see that actually. That he had had an injury and was playing. <laughs> won the won the Super Bowl on a partially torn MCL. What else? Uh, come on. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess that made it. I guess that made it fair for the rest of the league, yeah, right? I mean, do we want to bring up? Uh, nobody better ever bring up the whole goat discussion again. At least right. for another fifty years until somebody else does what he's done. Because this is an old guy who couldn't run that good to start with, let's be honest, was not known for the wheels in any way, shape, or form. Playing on one knee or one and a half legs and throws 40 touchdown passes and wins a Super Bowl. Insane. On a team that is not historically known for winning. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he, went to a te- he went to a team that didn't even make the playoffs. And, and took them to the Super Bowl and won in their home in their home stadium, which had never been done before. Won three was it three road playoff games? Three road playoff games. Maybe three he was road in, playoff. Maybe he was inspired by the release of Space Jam Two. Mm. <laughs> yeah, haven't, haven't, haven't watched it yet. So. You know what it's got? You know what it's rated? I, I haven't either, and I, I probably won't. But you got to be worried about a film made by a guy as big as. LeBron is, and let's be honest, LeBron's a an icon. There's no two ways around. Oh that. yeah, I mean I'm not arguing and, that. And yet, and yet the the Rotten Tomatoes, the critics, thirty three percent. 
And I'm thinking, well, it's, it's, a, it's a cartoon. How bad can it be? But it must be pretty bad. I mean, I don't know what Space Jam 1 was was ranked Apparent, by the critics. I don't either. Apparently, it is just loaded with product placement and yeah. things of that nature. I did, hear, I did hear that LeBron got everybody that sponsors him involved in the movie, like Sprite and stuff like that. Name which, time's in it. Well, I mean, of course he is. He's name time. How <laughs> you have a... They have a movie without him, right? Yesterday was his birthday. I think ESPN had a top ten. For him I mean, you could have made a top ten out of that dude's just shots from the playoffs that he's hit. ESPN, is there yeah. anybody left working at ESPN? That thing still that's that, that network still on the air? Apparently, all the pretty people work at ESPN. <laughs> that's what I've learned. You got to be good looking or have tenure. That's the only way Rachel you're working Nichols. at ESPN. Is she back yet? Uh, I think the jump is back. Uh, last time I looked, all I know is I saw there was a story. The story came, whoever runs ESPN, and I don't know who that is. Some dude. He <laughs> said, that, "Yeah, because it wasn't a name I knew." But they asked him. He says, "Well, explain to us that situation. Why did you do what you did? And what's the what's the what's the other girl's name? Maria Kyle Andrews. Okay, she earned that spot according to this guy. And they said she doesn't even cover basketball." How did she earn, like, like if you're going to tell a story, like, like tell one that's at least believable. I mean, Rachel Nichols has been covering the well, NBA for how long? I'm not sure how long. It's been a while. It, I mean, it's Rachel, been a while. Rachel Nichols, Rachel Nichols is, is a pretty solid, you know, sports reporter. And, and again, like, what happened? I, I hate getting into Oh, I'm not this talking again. about, yeah, no, I don't care about any of the, the colors of their skin is irrelevant to me. He said she earned that job, and I'm saying based on what? She never covered that sport, so how did she earn that job? That would be like me saying that you've earned the desk at Monday Night Football. No, you haven't. You've never, you haven't done enough there yet. Now, could we give you the wrestling, wrestling color job? All right, Nate's put in his time there. Okay, that we could maybe swing that and make that make sense. Or, or no, you're going to be a Joe Buck. You and are going to do Saturday Night Baseball. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So no, Nate, Nate has not earned his stripes in the baseball world. Baseball's hard. <laughs> Coming from somebody that's broadcasted about about every sports uh, game imaginable, outside of hockey, I've never done soccer. We've never done soccer. We don't have really have hockey down here. I've done football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, MMA. Um, yeah, I've done done it all in that area. Blood wrestling. Well, I mean, that's just that's <laughs> that's on my own personal collection. Uh, I've never done um, soccer, <laughs> so I don't know how hard that would be. But I know this: baseball is the toughest sport to call that I've done. I know uh, soccer's got a lot of dead stuff in it, but it is well, that's, but that's it is quite acceptable for a commentator to not say anything during a soccer telecast. Well, it's different though between TV and radio. That's the problem you run into because on no, radio on, you can't say nothing. <laughs> you just, but they don't want dead, dead air. air. They don't want dead air on network TV either. Well, they don't you want can get away with it there, though, because like you, you can watch baseball and you can hear dead air in a baseball game a lot. That's not that big of a deal. There's even some on the radio. 
but a lot of times it's it's just you got to find something to talk about. There's the difference yeah. between dead air and nothing to talk about. In a baseball game, occasionally there is nothing to talk about. Yeah. Well, again, baseball cool. The toughest ball game I ever called was actually one of the most exciting baseball games I ever called. Um, and and I'll, I'll tell you why. This is a little little story here. Um, where I'm at, well, Tim is telling me to hold on a second before I get into this. Uh, well, well, Jeff, anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll tell you what. We'll go ahead and uh, we'll we'll tease that story. Let's go ahead and take our first commercial break. And when we come back, I'll tell you the story of uh, base my baseball call that I thought was going to go all night long. And uh, that'll be the tease. We're going to hear from our good friends at the law offices of New Taylor and Associates. They are pushing the bash in Beckley, New Taylor and Associates, August 7th. Jerry the King Lawler. Formerly known as Heath Slater, Heath will be in the building. Brian Myers, formerly Zack Ryder. Kurt Hawkins, or formerly Kurt Hawkins, or excuse me, Brian Myers is formerly Kurt Hawkins. Matt Cardona is formerly Zack Ryder, going to be in the house. Ronnie Garvin is going to be in attendance. Smart Mark Sterling is going to be there. We're going to have all kinds of great guests at the Bash in Beckley. So we'll be back right after this from our good friends at New Taylor & Associates. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On stripcamfun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you and you can join in on the fun yourself just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun if you get there right now you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women men and whatever else your heart desires and you can take advantage of the good times being had on stripcamfun.com make sure you get there right now and let them know that wide men can't jump brought you over because stripcamfun.com is not just for everyone must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times strip cam fun be sure to visit right now at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun thanks again to our great sponsors new taylor and associates and of course strip cam fun now back to my story that uh I had, I wanted to tell, so I'm calling a baseball game locally between the Logan Wildcats, Chapmanville Tigers one night, and it's me and my color commentator. 
or, or now he's doing play by play. I'm doing color, but we're calling the game and high school baseball down here is seven innings. Uh, this game started, it was a nice warm evening. You know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't too bad out. Uh, but they, you can still get a chill in the air at night. So we're calling the game. Well, the game's tied and goes to extra innings. And <laughs> I did not know this game would go <laughs> as long as it did. We ended up, I believe it might've been 15 innings or something like that for uh, a high school baseball game. It, at, at one point it got so cold and I was in shorts because I didn't expect this game to go as late as it did. So I started freezing and I'm live on the air and I'm, and I'm begging somebody to win this game (laughs) at the point where I'm just like, I don't care who it is. Somebody win, please. So we can go home. That pitch was a little outside and my balls are in my body cavity. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, (laughs) uh, we would take, we had to take a break during the inning to go pee. Like that was how bad it got. Because they didn't have some version of the mercy rule under in effect. A tie game. I don't, well, not uh, the mercy rule, but some type of rule. Okay, we we only play till you know three extra innings or something, and then no. if it's a tie, we're done. No, no, I don't. Well, they I, this may, they should look into it. There may have been this may have been a sectional game. Now that I think about it. Um, so somebody had to win, but it was, man. Wasn't it getting dark? It, well, we, they got lights. Okay. They got Fair huge, enough. huge lights. I, for, I forget the, the amount of money that you guys invest in high school sports compared to here. Oh yeah. And like the broadcast booth was on top of the visitor's dugout. And by broadcast booth, I mean, it was a table sitting on the visitor's <laughs> dugout. <laughs> So we were out in the elements. I'm freezing. I had to pee. Finally, $50,000 worth of lights and a, and a table on top of the dugout for a nice yeah. booth. That was the broadcast booth. So, <laughs> but yeah, it ended up being a, uh, uh, it, it ended up being a very exciting ball game, but one that I was just begging to end. <laughs> please God in this game, please. <laughs> Yeah, so that's my one of my baseball broadcast stories there. Was it a bittersweet symphony, Nate? How long did the uh, game go? It was over three hours. I know that. Any, any like, any what is it? How many innings? I think fifteen. Wow. Yeah. Games. Like pretty much. I. That's what I think. I can't remember exactly. I'd have to look back and double check, but I know it went long. It was is there, long. Um, is there any rules about how many pitches and all that nonsense? There is like, a pitching rule, yes. There is. I'm, so, so, I'm, they, surpri- I'm surprised then that it took so long because eventually you think you get somebody in there that can't throw that well and they get well, tore up. The thing, that was the thing. Like Somebody would score an extra innings and then the other team would score again. <laughs> Like they couldn't, neither one could pass each other up. It wasn't like it was one to nothing. Like the game would be like three to three and then it would be five to five. It's just wild. It was wild. That's when you run the risk of somebody on the team that just has something better to do tomorrow. And it's just like, I'm throwing this thing. I got to get home. (laughs) I would have gave him a hundred dollars if he would have done it. (laughs) 
That reminds me of another funny story. Uh, <laughs> let me just tell this one. I swear I'm done. I was at a uh, wrestling show one time. This is wrestling related. Speaking of uh, throwing it and have something better to do. I was at a wrestling show in Martin County, Kentucky. Now, I know what you're thinking. Where? Exactly. <laughs> well, I was in Martin uh, County, Kentucky. Hop, skip, and a jump from Ashland, right? I know where it's at. No, Ashland's a good distance away. It's about a, oh, Jeff, about a half hour from Pike. Yeah, yeah. Close yeah, to it's Pike. Yeah, close to Pref- Prestonsburg, Paintsville, uh, places like that. So we're at an event in Martin County, Kentucky. Jim Cornette's there. This was years and years ago. And <laughs> it got dark outside, right? And there were no lights. So this wrestling ring was in the complete darkness and hardly anybody could see it. Well, the guys in the ring, when it got as dark as it got outside, they, they wouldn't take the match home. They still kept wrestling. And I heard Cornette lean over and tell Rob Conway, good Lord, I'll give a hundred dollars to somebody to just take it home already. <laughs> he didn't just jump in the ring and clobber someone. Oh God. Cornette was over it. He was just like, we got, got the lights. What is this? The dark match. So that's what he said, but it was a uh, pretty hilarious. All right. Anyway, enough of my stupid stories. A little bit of news coming out here. Timberwolves president of basketball operations, Mr. Rosas and Elton Brand, who's the GM of the 76ers, met in Chicago, and there was discussions of a Ben Simmons trade. (sighs) Well, that's funny because everything up here says, oh, he's coming to Toronto. And everyone up here is going, oh, God, we hope not. There was discussion, according to this, but apparently – the 76ers do not want D'Angelo Russell, and I say, good, let's not give him to them. Uh, I'd rather keep him. I do not want Ben Simmons. So that's just uh, one of the reports there. Uh, Jamal Mosley is being hired as the new coach of the Orlando Magic. So that that came out the other day. And Willie Green is going to be the new Pelicans head coach. So that's more sources there. Uh, Tad Brown has agreed to become CEO of the 76ers and New Jersey Devils. So we'll see what Tom Robinson thinks of him uh, in the near future. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh, news update. Jeff Van Gundy still sucks on commentary. Uh, that's just from that. That report's coming from Nathan Bush. He does. Uh, yes, he does. Denver Nuggets associate head coach Wes Unsell Jr. is the emerging leader to potentially take over as the new Wizards coach. So Wes Unsell played for the Bullets. Wes Unsell Jr. now may become the new head coach there in Washington. That would be interesting to see. So that's just some of the, the news that's out there right now. Now this one we need, well, one more news story. Apparently Kawhi Leonard had a torn ACL, partially torn ACL, and he had surgery to repair that. So that's why he was out as long as he was there uh, for the Clippers. Don't know when his comeback will be or when he will be back. So we'll see. And if you know Kawhi Leonard, it'll be later rather than sooner. Mr. Load Management is not going to hurry back. He don't need to. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, but you're not. But he don't need to either. He's won two titles. He's done pretty much all there is to do. Why would you hurry back? 
He's yeah, going to get paid. I suppose you're right. Yeah, he's getting paid, so. Yeah, he's getting right. paid, so. <laughs> Speaking of uh, maybe in a hurry, though, we got to bring this up. USA Basketball. Whew. It did not start good, ladies and gentlemen. They lose to Nigeria in an exhibition game, 90-87. to 87. Then they lose to Australia. I believe it was 90, was it? 91-83, I believe, was the final in that one. They did. They did finally come back and beat um, our Argentina, who's who used to be a fairly solid team. Uh, they actually won the gold, I think. What, what year was it, Jeff? Help me out here. Two thousand four, two thousand eight. Argentina yeah, uh, won the gold when they had Manu. The team, yeah. Yeah. I think it was oh four because that was the year with uh, yeah. Allen Iverson and Tim Duncan and all those guys. We got beat. Yeah. Yeah, and I got the bronze. But. Very, it, yeah, it's weird that uh, we're the only country I think that would look at a bronze medal and something and be uh, embarrassed by it. But we were yeah, in we, basketball. We got to test Jeff's uh, trivia here. Go ahead. Not, not in a bad way. Just uh, what do you know about the WNBA, Jeff? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, I just wondered because I saw that the women's national team was crushed by the WNBA All Stars. And I wondered how many WNBA players are not American. And I didn't I know. know. So I wondered if that was a, should be a surprise or not. Do the women's national team come from the WNBA? I have no idea. That's why I wondered. Well, you know what? We're on a sports podcast. Let's find out. Uh, I mean, because I'll the women, I would think the women's national team is easily as dominant as the men's team has been, maybe more so, to be honest. Um, I was just surprised that they get beat, unless they're all uh, college and amateurs, but then I don't know who they'd be then. Mm, I'm looking here to see if uh, Team USA versus an all-star showdown for the ages. Apparently Apparently it was a really good game. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen. Uh, hmm. I, I'm trying to find out here. Apparently, the uh, I'm I'm not seeing where it says yay or nay. I would assume that WNBA players do not play for Team USA. Let me look here. Play. Okay. It should only take two uh, seconds to bring up the roster and just look at who's on it. It should say where they played their, where their team is or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but well, nobody. Sue, like, well, Sue Bird is on the team. She hmm. plays in the WNBA, doesn't she? I believe. I believe Sky- so. Okay, like there's okay, yeah, because Brittany Brittany Griner's on the team. Skylar Diggins is on the team. These are names I recognize. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they appear to be they appear to be a, a WNBA players. Okay. Well, that's Seattle, weird. Yeah, okay. Seattle Storm, Seattle Storm, Phoenix. Okay, Seattle. then yeah. Yeah, they no, yeah, no, they're this is a team of WNBA players who got smacked around by an I guess another team of WNBA players, but hmm, interesting. I, I again, really, I, I don't I know, know the again, I don't know the uh, national makeup of the WNBA very well. I don't but, either. 
I would think it maybe would be some ha- foreign, maybe some foreign players on the All Star team. I mean, I would think it can't be any much more mixed than probably than what the NBA is. I have to find somebody and ask because again, I don't really uh, we don't really follow the WNBA that close, but we do follow the NBA and Team USA guys. What do you think, Jeff? I'll go to you on this one. Uh, USA is Bradley Beal out? He's done. Yeah, he's done. And who's yeah. going to replace him? What's the they have not said yet. They have not said. Bruce uh, Colbans. I've heard. Uh, I have heard some rumors that it may be uh, maybe Julius Randle, uh, potentially Paul George. I mean, there's there's a lot that could. Uh, maybe Trey Young. I mean, they haven't 100 percent said yet. They didn't I'm have surprised. somebody on, on the like when they pick the team. They don't pick like an alternate or something. For I'm this, sure that, they do. For that very occurrence. Oh, they I'm home. sure they do. Well, they got a. They have like a a regular team, and then they have like a select team that they use to like play play against them and stuff like that. And I think in those exhibition games, they were playing some of the select team as well. If that makes any sense. Uh, again, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's just an exhibition game. There's no need to worry about Team USA." Uh, you know, they'll be fine. This is an exhibition. They're not really trying to win. They're just trying to get used to playing with each other. Do you guys think there's a problem though? They're losing these games to these teams and these smaller countries and teams that aren't really known for basketball like the USA is. I wonder how much motivation they have right now. Like, I don't think they, a lot of them, I don't know if they wanted to be there or not. Well, I think you had to volunteer to go. Like there was no like well, big we gotta go. People was asking them to be there either though. I mean, a lot of them had to come out and say, "Yeah, I want to play. I want to play in the Olympics." I mean, they can't make you play, yeah, so like I would have to. Not playing. I mean, there's a lot of guys that just aren't playing on the team because they're trying to rest up for for next season or what have you. Like Anthony Davis isn't playing. I don't believe. Well, our best definitely isn't over there. Our best. Well, no. I mean, it's arguable that is our best ever actually there because there's always somebody that's not on the team. And I think we run into, we get into a rut sometimes when we do that. It's like, well, we, you know, that's good enough. You know, our best team is not there. This is not the dream team of 1992. I'm going to make the uh, Canadian hockey analogy. Go ahead. Where, well, after a while, you start to think it's your birthright that you can send just about anybody and you should win. And that's probably true on paper. But when it comes to crunch time, you still the games still have to be played. And the rest of the world is slowly starting to catch up also. That too. Uh, Team Team USA is not bad. Like, you can look at the roster and they're good. Like, if you put this team down, let's see here. They they did beat Argentina. Give them that at least. Let's take a look. If I can find the actual roster. Um, yeah, here is the, the USA men's basketball roster. is 12 NBA players, three former gold medal winners. So here's the team. Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, he will be replaced. Apparently, Devin Booker is on the team, but he's busy at the moment. Well, so uh, is... Was it, is it Chris Middleton and um, Drew Holiday? Drew Holiday are both on the team. So now I wonder, okay, who else was on the roster during these losses? Now that I they, don't know. 
Because they weren't playing with nine well, guys, here, you wouldn't think. Here they are. Bam, Bradley Beal, he'll be replaced. Devin Booker, who's been busy. Kevin Durant, Jeremy Green, Drew Holiday, he's busy. Zach Levine, Dame Lillard, Kevin Love, Chris Middleton is busy. And Jason Tatum. And Tatum had to sit out a game because I believe he got hurt. Let's see. I gotta see if I can find the roster for one well, of these games because they've also got a um, select team as well. Uh, Greg Popovich is the coach. Steve Kerr is an assistant with Lloyd Pierce, Jay Wright, Jerry Colangelo is the managing director. So that's uh, people there. So yeah, I mean the coaching fault. staff is yeah the coaching staff is well put together. Got to remember these guys. A lot of these guys also have never played together. They got yeah, to that too. Continuity, yeah. Yeah. This is the it's the first time since professionals have begun playing in 1992 that this U.S. has lost back to back exhibition games. So that's yeah, a first. Still early too though, you know. It's still. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, Remember, the season just ended for a lot of these guys. So, again, that's one of those. Uh, again, they're exhibition games. I hate to yeah. keep dwelling and, on and that, but it they're looks to me games. They're not that big a deal. To looking at this, Australia, at least, had uh, Patty Mills plays for Australia. Bogan still play? Joe Ingalls. Yeah, uh, Eagles, Mat- Matisse Thibel. So they've got NBA. I mean, they have some NBA players on the team. I'm trying to find yeah, the uh, box score. I know Nigeria has um, a couple of guys. I think uh, F.A. Udo and uh, I know Josh Kogi. He plays for Nigeria. So again, that's um, that's another uh, another NBA player that you got to worry about. Uh, I'm going to try and find that. Uh, the NBA box score as well here. Let's see here if we can find it. Uh, Australian Team USA. It's funny, you know, considering how popular basketball basketball still being popular, but how hard it is to find some of this Well, apparently they also played uh, Darius Garland, Keldon Johnson in that game as well. Uh, but yeah, Durant played 28 minutes. Lillard had 30 minutes. Uh, Beal had played 32 minutes. So, and, and well, I think we'll see because they they play, uh, they play Australia again tomorrow. Dante so Exum's we'll, on this team too. So is uh, Matt Delavandova. So Aaron Baines. Uh, so there's there's quite a few NBA guys on that team. You got to remember the international rules is different. There are some different rules in international play that these guys got to account for as well. Like the ball being over the cylinder. That's not a, you know, goaltend. And there's a lot of differences. There's, so. uh, there's no magic city in Tokyo. Well, why do you think Lou Williams isn't playing? <laughs> and now that there's the bubble, there won't be any hookers and blow either. Oh, yeah, so you might as well count out a few players that aren't going to be there. Um, well, they're, they're not going to perform as well anyway. Well, you know, Jimmy Butler might play better now that Rachel Nichols won't be there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so you guys, well, final say here, Team USA, is there trouble or do you think it's much to do about nothing? 
I'm kind of torn. Jeff, on, go ahead. I'm kind of torn because they should be able to get it together and win. Well, they did against Argentina. They had a blowout. They did get a big win. But you just wonder, you know, if they've uh, worked out all the kinks and the cracks and all that stuff. Um, I think, you know, in this situation, only time will tell. And uh, I think they still need to prove themselves still yet. You know, uh, definitely question if they're going to win gold or not because of the two losses. But they should win it, but... You know, if you're going to have two losses, I say now's the best time to right, have. Right, right, right. Not saying, I mean, I think they'll overcome it, but you know, that is, you know, uh, throw some red flags there. Well, uh, you know, I like, I like getting uh, Tim's perspective as okay. a Canadian. Well, they they've got to play. They're going to play Australia again, uh, exhibition, and then they're going to play Spain. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Spain is pretty good. So, if they beat Australia and do all right, they don't even have to beat Spain. Let's say they do okay. I looked at who they have to play in the Olympics. I think they've got France, who I don't even, I'm not sure where France sits in the world of basketball powers. I couldn't tell you. Um, Iran, who is not a basketball power. And I believe New Zealand is the three teams they have to play. So, they're not... Don't look like too rough a schedule, at least until they get to the quarterfinals. And America's got the best basketball players in the world. We can say whatever we like, but it's still a fact. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't mean they're guaranteed to win, but there's no reason why they shouldn't. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's our thoughts on Team USA. Um. Now I want to bring up the TBT. It's that time of year. TBT starts this weekend. Um, I'm going to be in Charleston for the TBT. Um, covering that, again, the, the big official bracket has come out um, in the West Virginia region. Your number one seed, Sideline Cancer. Uh, they will be the one seed. They'll be taking on the, the group called Founding Fathers. The primetime players will be taking on the Fort Wayne champs war ready, which is the Auburn, um, alumni for the most part team will be taking on the bucket nears, which is East Tennessee state. If I'm looking at this right. Also founding fathers, that's James Madison university armored athlete. will be taking on HBC United team. 23 is playing Georgia Kings. heard that the Marshall squad. We'll be taking on Team DRC. Team D2 will be taking on Bleed Virginia and Best Virginia. We'll be taking on Woco Showtime, which is the Wofford squad. And again, that's July 17th through the 21st in the West Virginia bracket played in Charleston, West Virginia. There are more brackets out there. There are more, um, more, more regions. They're having four not mistaken sideline cancer was the runner up last year uh and they'll be in this region so again plenty to, to look at this weekend for that i know heard that and best virginia will both be on espn on saturday heard that is noon best virginia is two uh that should be fun oh by the way the uh 
the team DRC, that is for team Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Uh, you, you guys remember him from the NFL, correct? Right. Uh, he is playing in this tournament, <laughs> apparently. Wow. Yeah, hey, I'm actually, you, get, you get to play when you sponsor a team. You get to play. That's how that works. Uh, he's, he's in, man. And uh, this should be fun. I'm looking forward to this. And uh, I don't know about, about you guys. Um, will, will you guys be able to, to catch any of this or, or watch any of this? I'm trying to find out if I can if I get it up here. I, I know it's gonna be on ESPN uh, uh, down here. What so time did you many, say these get? all day Saturday and Sunday? Oh yeah, it'd be like all day Saturday and Sunday. Mm, doesn't look like it. Well, that sucks. So how many teams like this? Each state have a tournament in the. Or it's it, there's four different regions. Uh, let let me let me pull up the actual regions here. And we can talk about it here um, because there's the West Virginia region, which is uh, where I'll be. Mm-hmm. Oh, good Lord. Can't type to save my life. Uh, let's see here. The West Virginia region is in Charleston. Then there is, here we go. What you need to know about the 64 team bracket. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, there's a Columbus region. There and wow, they've got a listing for all the teams and kind of break them down. The West Virginia team, sideline cancer, best Virginia, and they've uh, yeah. So, this has actually got each like squad and a little write up about each squad here. Um, just for example, team DRC, former NFL all pro corner Dominique Rogers Cromartie has his unit back after successful runs in 2018. When they made the Super 16 in 2019, when they reached the regional final, before losing to Overseas Elite, um, and then there's the Wichita, you know, Wichita, Kansas, and then they've got the Illinois region. So, and again, there's write-ups on all this. I'm going to share this on our Twitter page. So, if you want to read up on the teams from the TBT and all the teams that are going to be involved. There's a small write-up about each, just about a paragraph, so you can uh, check it out. I'm sharing that, if it will let me, right now. Um, but yeah, this this is this is really neat, and we're really looking forward to it. Um, I know I'll be covering it, so look for my updates, and we will definitely talk more about the TBT next week after uh, I'm back and everything, and. Um, you know, I'll have plenty to say. Don't get me wrong. Uh, another guy that had plenty to say was Tim. You know our guy, Stevie Browning. He stopped by the show, and uh, he was talking about people going to take some L's here in the tournament. Him and his L's. Yes, uh, and you know Stevie actually came out and told me. I said three seed. You guys got to feel good, and he said, "Hell no, we feel disrespected." So hear why Stevie feels disrespected. Because he's the second best Browning brother. That's why. Scotty's birthday was actually yesterday. (laughs) But we'll uh, let's uh, let's get ready and go to my conversation with Stevie Browning. And then we'll hear from some of our great sponsors over at Stay Classy Meats and Atomic Comics and Collectibles. We'll be right back right after this with my conversation from Stevie Browning. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. 
They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality product out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. All right, we're back on Why Being Can't Jump, and it's summertime, which means the NBA is starting to wind down. The draft is coming up, but it's also one of our favorite things this time of year. It's the TBT, the basketball tournament. This year, we're lucky enough for, if you listen in our region here, we're going to be in Charleston, West Virginia. I'll be there covering the action for my local radio station and this podcast. But, of course, we want to bring back our guy from the Herd That Squad, Marshall's own Stevie Browning. Stevie, thanks again for coming back on, man. Appreciate you having me, man. You know, I always love to help people out when I can, especially, look, especially especially somebody that's from the same place. Oh, yeah. Walk the same hallways, did all the same stuff. Walk the same hall, all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who can forget? Good old Logan High School. Uh, (laughs) Can't forget it. But, um, dude, before we get going with the TBT here, shout out to Scotty, Scotty Browning, his birthday as we record. So, big uh, birthday, 17. Yeah, 17. Send them home, Scotty. Uh, yeah. I'm going to trade Big shot, that. Scott. Big shot, Scott himself, man. That guy hit more. That guy's got more clutch than a uh, automobile factory. But I'll tell you this. Uh, happy birthday to Scotty. Looking forward to seeing next season in uh, Logan High School uh, calling games. But anyway, TBT. It's in your hometown this time. You guys are, well, not your hometown, but close enough. I mean, it's a, a spitting distance away, as they say down here. You guys are basically the the host team of this, as far as I'm concerned, at the Coliseum. Yeah. You're 45 minutes away in Huntington, and you're down the road. What's it like going into this? Because last year, you guys were going in. You were kind of like – you weren't really favored. You were underdogs going in last yeah, year. Yeah, underdogs. Shocked, sure. shocked the world with a lot of big wins. This year, you come in as a three seed in the region. How does that make you guys feel coming in? More confident? I still, I still feel disrespected. 
I still feel disrespected. We shouldn't have got a three seed. I can see sideline cancer getting a getting a two, but shoot, we made it to what the final four last year. Yeah, I believe so. It was close. I feel like I feel like the final a final four team should sneak into a two seed somewhere. Yeah. Well, once again, I think we got snubbed. In case, and I think think we're gonna, I think we're gonna go out and prove why we should have done, like why we should have been a higher seed. Well, let's take a look at your region. Sideline cancer gets the one. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, they were either runner up or won it last year. I can't remember. Right they now. won. Uh, they did win it. Did they won it last year. I can't uh, remember. I <laughs> I don't have my notes in front of Marquette. Me. Marquette won it last year. Oh yeah, it was the Marquette squad. Dina okay. hit it. Yeah, but uh, sideline sideline came runner up. Yeah, they. I remember they beat the um, overseas elite squad. Mm-hmm. I believe was the team they beat. But they actually the they game. actually just lost their best player, Marcus Keene, uh, dropped out of the tournament. Ooh, mm-hmm. hate to hear that, but. They come in for one. Then at the two seed is uh, Best Virginia. And a lot of – and, of course, you know, they – and in case anybody hasn't seen how this is set up, if you don't think that this – whoever put this tournament together didn't set this up for heard that and Best Virginia to meet as the last game of the last day of this region, you've lost your mind. Uh, best Virginia gets the, the two, heard that with the three. So you guys feel disrespected by that, huh? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think we proved that we should have been that at least that two seed. But you know, hey, okay. I like I like being an underdog. We, it's good we to have a chip good. on your we shoulder. Did, yeah, we did pretty good as a twenty four seed last year. So yeah, not not too we'll, shabby. We'll <laughs> take a three seed, I guess. I yeah. guess. But you know, we, we're still gonna play with that chip on our shoulder because we felt we feel disrespected from that. I understand. Uh, you guys looking here at the roster? The roster has expanded a little bit. You guys have added some size. I've noticed mm-hmm. you got a seven footer, Ronald oh, yeah. Delph, if I'm pronouncing yeah. that right. Uh, coming in, he played at uh, FAU. Rondell. He went to Auburn. He went to Auburn first, and then transferred to FAU, and that's where he played us. So that's that's a little link right there, coming to us. Okay. okay, Rondell Watson, another another name I recognize on here. Played mm-hmm. out of Wake Forest and Marshall, but of course, you know you're back, uh, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm really excited for the return of the the Elmore boys, Ott yeah. and John. Yeah. And it cracks me up because every year, it seems like, and, and even when they was in the NCAA, dang on, Ott Elmore steals the show just because of what he looks like. Do people not respect this man yet? I don't know, but all I do know is that if he gets a clean look and he makes it, Oh, you ain't gonna hear the end of it, and that gets us all going. That gets us all going. So, of course. so, so he steals the show with that just because. And it's not even so much what he looks like; it's his the way he carries himself and just his mannerisms and just how he talks. On, yeah, and how he talks in the in the interviews and stuff like that. He's just one of a kind. Yeah, I can't wait to be back for the interviews because I, I mean, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm excited for this. I got my credentials the other day, so mm-hmm. as soon as I got them, you're, you're the first guy I sent a text to. I was like, hey, I'm gonna be there representing Logan. Logan's watching. Yes, and, sir. Uh, so we're gonna take care of that. Um, so I didn't see here. No, it was Ott and John's dad was coaching, correct? Yeah. Is he still the coach? Um, he, he's always on the staff. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, is he's, more, he's, is it more of a he's, play, he's playing the same role he did last year. He's playing. He's, okay. he's, he's 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 playing the same role. Okay. Well, talk about who's maybe a couple of guys that have come in that were different than what we saw last year. 
that you really uh, like the additions? Obviously, you know, bringing in uh, bringing Ja'Cory Williams back is huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a that's six, a big time get. That's a big time get. Six um, eight guy and, played at Middle Tennessee State and yeah. uh, Arkansas. So yeah, that's a big big grab there for sure. Yeah, and and and, and for people who may not have watched the TVT last year, you know, he he won he. He had 30, and, and, and uh, I think it was the money – yeah, against the money team when we had that yeah. big comeback. He had 30, and, you know, he without him, we don't win that game. Yeah, And, absolutely. you know, he's a, he's a, he's a big-time piece. And I'm t- um, we, we added a couple a couple other big-time pieces, too. The seven-footer, Ron Delf, he's got amazing touch around the rim, always on the glass. Um, we got James Kelly back, who mm-hmm. Marshall fans know and love. Oh, yeah, um, James Kelly. Yep, got uh, got. Um, Here, here's a name that I saw that I I didn't recognize. Darren Johnson. Didn't Darren Johnson. Now Darren, jo- look, he Darren Johnson's about a six five six six wing guy. Knocks down his open shots, but he is tough. He defends, and you know he's gonna help us a lot because last year we kind of missed that. We didn't have that in between. Yeah. Tough, tough, hard nosed guy that's gonna go in there and compete the whole time, and um. You know, he's going to help us with that. Uh, Derek Cook, Der- uh, Der- my bad, Derek Cook. Um, you made that way did. harder than it had to be. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. But um, he's six, he's six nine. He's about, he's close to 250. He's probably 240, 250. He's, a- he's real athletic. And, uh, you know, he played with John over in Italy. So that's the link there. And, you know, okay. he's, we're expecting, I, I'm expecting to win it. You know, we were good last year, mm-hmm. but we are better this year. Yeah, we and, still go back and, and talk about it from time to time uh, to this day. And uh, Tim, my co-host Tim, brought it up the other day. Said, yep, and they're going to hang that L, too. <laughs> they're going to handle that L, talking about the money team. And it, I tell you what, it happened last year, and it was it was great to see. I remember I was jumping out of my seat watching that game. So that, that was It was so a great – they said it was the greatest comeback in TVT history. Yeah, absolutely. We were down, I think it was 11 in the Elam ending. Yep. Yep, yeah. the Elam ending. That's one that uh, – and for those that haven't seen the Elam ending, you'll see it in action. And go back in our archives. We actually interviewed Dr. Elam, who came up with the Elam ending, and talked about how he came up with that, which was, was really cool. If you've never heard mm-hmm. that interview, go check it out. So you guys are taking on Team DRC. Now, I didn't recognize a lot of names on this squad – uh, and for your first round match. And for those that don't know, it's uh, you're going to be on ESPN two mm-hmm. o'clock. On, noon. noon. Are you all at noon? Okay. Noon. I'm sorry. I got it backwards. You guys noon. are at noon. Noon. Yeah, noon. noon. I apologize. It's, uh, Best Virginia is two. My apologies. Two. Yeah. So you, the first game of the tournament, right off the bat, right on ESPN, you'll be able to see the Herd That Squad. If you're listening out there in the Logan area and you want to listen to it on the radio, flip it over to WVOW Radio. We'll have to be carrying that game. But, um, yeah, I, I don't recognize the DRC squad too much. I see it's a kind of a nod to Dominique Rogers Camardi from the NFL, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he actually – I think he just announced that he's going to play with them too. Oh, he so. is playing. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. Man. I'm going to ask him if I can try and get a route on him. I'm going to ask him if I can get a – See if autograph. I can get open one time or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, get an uh, autograph here. That's pretty cool. I didn't yeah. know that. But, yeah, but uh, they're actually pretty good. You know, they got a bunch of uh, – yeah, I see, Glenn Rice, guys from, I see Glenn Rice Jr. here. Yeah, they got a bunch of overseas guys from around that Central Florida area. Look, 
I say it all the time. None, no game in this whole tournament is going to be a cakewalk. So no, no we have to scrap it. Like, like we can't look, even though the setting and everything would be crazy if we played uh, best Virginia in that, in that, and we can't look to that because, you know, we got to win the first two games. It's, Absolutely. It, it's, it's not a round robin. It's if you lose, you go home and I'm not trying to go home yet. No, nobody's trying to go home and, and this is going to be a lot cooler than last year. There's going to be fans in attendance. I've talked to some people that are coming. Last year, the TBT happened with – they were the first really big thing to happen after COVID. Mm-hmm. And I thought the way they handled it last year was incredible. It gave mm-hmm. gave us something to watch. And I really got into the TBT last year. So now it's a can't-miss thing for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the DRC team, that should be fun – to, to watch, but people were asking me, Stevie, and I, and I want to ask you this. How do you guys prepare for this? Like, I know you told me you had practices, but how do you all put together a practice schedule? Like, I know a lot of, a lot of guys probably have jobs right. or maybe something going on. So, how, do you, how does this come together? So, um, we do a training camp. So, this past Saturday, pretty much everybody flew in. You know, we've been staying in Charleston at, a, at, at the Marriott. And uh, we you know, at we, an we, undisclosed location. <laughs> at an undisclosed location, yes. Party but, at um, the party at the Marriott. <laughs> yes, sir. But um, yeah, we uh, we have shoot around in the morning, and then we have uh, have practice at uh, in the evenings, and we do that every day, pretty much. And now, you know, where and are you guys practicing? As far as jobs, pretty much everybody is still playing, except a couple of us, and That's you know, true. we're yeah, and. So it's 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 not really that hard to 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 do, but you know I gotta give a I gotta give a big shout out to um, the whole Elmore family, um, Tommy Orcutt and his family for for all they do and just putting us in these hotel rooms and making sure everything's taken care of. You know they do it first class, and oh, you know yeah. they've always done it like that, and you know we're very appreciative of it, and you know this whole thing wouldn't be able to work at all without them so i just want to throw a huge shout yeah out. i had planning on staying at the marriott this weekend but then i saw the price tag and i was like ah, <laughs> I, said, I heard that boys are in town okay <laughs> i'm gonna be at the holiday inn across the street now anyway that ain't too bad no nah, no nah, not too bad not too bad i'll sneak over and we can have a mule downstairs in the bar anyway what's uh let me ask this here with with everything going on in the in the tbt and you guys talk about practicing and I'm saying it's probably not a formal practice per se, but you guys are a more offensive-minded squad, which is good for this kind of tournament. Your mm-hmm. style of play fits this. Last mm-hmm. year, there was a little bit of a defensive lapse in that last game, but, I mean, for God's sakes, Joe Johnson was out there. Uh, what what say you guys about this? Have you, have you just come up with maybe a new defensive strategy, maybe to slow the ball down a little bit on defense? Um. Honestly, man, we just uh, just play. We we play, and you know, we we obviously have our defensive principles that we go over. But Absolutely. At the end of the day, you know, both teams are going to score. Yeah, I ain't seen too many games where you hold a team scoreless. So you got to be all right with team scoring. You just got to make it tough on them, and you know, stick to your defensive principles. But the biggest thing is rebound. So we're we're mm-hmm. really focusing on rebound, boxing out, making sure we we hold them to one shot. Because we, you know, we do a good job. Everybody that's going to be on the court is going to do a good job staying in front of their man. So, really, biggest thing is just boxing out. Boxing out, rebounding, running fast. 
Yeah, and, and that's the principle behind uh, hillbilly ball, be, uh, as they call it there. The pace uh, in space. Yeah, and, and it, it works. We saw it last year. There, there were teams that were ready for the same basic half court game. Heard that is not a half court squad. No sir, and, we get it up and down. Yeah, so we're really looking forward to the, the the TBT. And again, now if you guys get through the region, then it's off to date, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay. And that's where they're having the finals this year. Now, somebody did ask me this, and without going into too much detail, and you don't have to reveal numbers or anything, the grand prize, as everyone knows, million dollars for the team mm-hmm. that wins. How do you all divide that up, per se? Evenly. Everybody gets even. Everybody cut. gets even? Okay. I didn't know if there was more for, like, a coach or some more. Te- for- some teams do it different, but, you know, we – look, everybody everybody's pulling their own weight, so everybody deserves it. So we, we, that, we cut it up the, evenly. That's the fair way, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I believe yeah. that's the fair way to do it. Uh, so, of all, how much would you get if you win this thing? Have you thought about it? About 90. Well, I mean, you can do some damage with that. Yeah, you can do some things with 90. <laughs> you can do some things with 90. Yeah, but yeah. But you know what I'm doing. Hey, we're on, a, we're on that jet to Vegas, all on red. Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> I, haven't been to, I haven't been to Vegas in a long time. You may have a stowaway if you if you go to Vegas. <laughs> I like it. I like I'd be it. Right, I'd, I'd be right there. Trust me. But uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to the tournament, and I'm glad. I mean, I don't want to keep you too too long. I know you're busy. Um, I just really am looking forward to this. You guys are already in Charleston, right? Practicing. Mm-hmm. Where where yep. do you get to practice at? At the Coliseum or? No, not yet. I think you get to practice there. Uh... In a, in a couple of days, but um, maybe Friday. I'm not sure, but uh, mm-hmm. we, we practice at the South Charleston Rec Center. Oh, and okay. then uh, in the mornings, we practice over at West Virginia State. Yeah, yeah, that's a great facility to practice. Yeah, at, honestly. Great it's place. A, great place. My, my alma mater. Shout so. out. Shout out to my boy, Marcus Reed, assistant, Marcus coach, Reed. At West, assistant coach at West Virginia State, who yeah. hooks us up, gets us in there. It's his birthday, too, isn't it? Yesterday was. Yesterday. yesterday. Was. Well, happy birthday, yeah. Marcus Reed, if you're happy, listening. Or, happy birthday, Marcus Reed. Yeah, I, I see your Snapchats all the time. I was like, man, it, it looks like a blast. Here, I'm sitting at the house eating Cheetos. They're out having a good time. Having a good time. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, man, in all seriousness, down here, we're pulling for you, as always. You guys are our – we you got our you know, you got our support. We, we all love a good, uh, good herd that team. And, by the way, out there, if you're listening – you can support the herd that squad. You guys still got like shirts and stuff for sale, correct? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I need to get me one. I haven't got one yet. I need to. Yeah, go get one. Go get one. I need to. And that supports the herd that squad gets them, you know, helps pay for those rooms and those meals because this ain't Mm. cheap. Uh, Trust me, it ain't cheap to to do this, but I'm glad you guys are able to do it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys Saturday and I'm going to be courtside and I'll be in there for the press conference and, We'll hang out, and, you know, if I see you, you know, hopefully you get a big win Saturday and yes, sir. Get a big win Monday and then have that big showdown with uh, Best Virginia. That's that's what the people want. That is what the people want. The but, people yeah, want. I'm not, I want to see that. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I bet. All right, well, Stevie, I'll let you go, and I appreciate all the time you give us here on the show. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll be in touch with you and see you Saturday. Appreciate it, Nathan. Thanks, dude. Anytime. And we're back. Thanks to Stevie Browning for jumping on the show again. And thanks to our great sponsors at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and Stay Classy Meats. 
Before we dive into the NBA Finals, and we're going to, folks, I promise, we got to talk about golf before we get there. And, uh, Jeff, you're my man in the golf world. That You're in it more than I am. You've got more more time to look at. Well, maybe not time, but more interest in it than I can, can give right now. What's going on with the Open Championship this weekend? Well, it's at uh, St. George's. Last time it was there was 2011. It's part of the rotation. Usually it's played about... Uh, I think this makes the 15th time it's been played there, and uh, we know this is the 149th British Open. So, um, Darren Clark won the last time there. He's the only major in 2011. And uh, anyways, uh, Louis Oosthuizen uh, shot a, a career low uh, 64 for majors today. He's uh, six under. This is a par 70 course. And uh, Jordan Spieth is five under. He's only one back. And um, there's a few other guys up there that uh, that uh, won the last year PGA champion. Uh, Morikawa is three under, and uh, last year's Masters champion, Dustin Johnson, number one ranked player in the world, he's two under. So uh, uh, still a lot to, uh, you know, I think we talked last night that uh, Ustazen been playing pretty good, but uh, let's not just give him the claret jug yet. Uh, he's... Uh, I believe he's won the Grand Slam of runner-ups in the uh, of all of the majors. It's not something you necessarily want. Him and Greg Norman both hope. Hey, but say the mo- the modern day Norman here, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, you know, maybe he'll win uh, this weekend and make him two British Opens like Norman had. So, um, and I think Tim was wanting to discuss some news after the after one in particular players. Uh, uh, around today. As we follow the, the slow descent into madness of Bryson DeChambeau, who is, uh, what, was uh, six over at the U.S. Open, I believe? Uh, Wait, he had the lead with 10 holes remaining, and he, and he shot a 44 on the back nine. Yeah, he was eight over 44 on the back nine. So then after that, he fires his caddy. Then I guess today he hit what? Like I didn't see any of this. I just read about it. Four uh, out of 14 fairways. Four out of 14 fairways. Blamed his uh, driver. Um, to which, as you had mentioned uh, off air, that uh, the guys from uh, I guess it's Cobra Golf. Cobra. Right. It's just, the full the yeah the full quote was it's just really really painful when he says things that are that stupid. He has never really been happy ever. Like, it's very rare when he's happy. <laughs> Here's an idea for, for him. Don't mishit it, or better yet, don't hit the driver on the holes where you might not need it. Especially in the uh, British Open, you have to adapt your game a little bit to the Lynx course compared to what we have in the United States. And uh, Yeah, those British like, Open courses are rough. Yeah, you want to. A lot of times it's good to pretty good pun there instead of uh, drivers because you don't want to hit it in that deep fescue. And uh, uh, oh come on guys, it's rough. Come on, that was that was good. You get you get nothing. Oh come on. All right. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. so he was uh, second worst uh, driving accuracy of the round. So that's pretty horrible. And then he apologized later, but as everyone's saying, too late. You know, <laughs> so we'll see what kind of a disaster he is tomorrow or if he gets his act together. I believe he shot a 
71. One of, not bad. Not, he's not out of the tournament yet, but uh, not exactly mm. what you want going into a second round having that Not like Phil. Phil shot 10 over. Public, yeah, he had eight bogeys and, two, and one yeah, double. He, so. he had a rough day. Well, yeah. 80. yeah, so yeah, he was a. That's the word. He was tied for the worst score of the day with uh, some gentleman from I'm not sure either New Zealand or Australia who I've never heard of. Day and Lawson, whoever he is. <laughs> I, I don't know that man. Much so. bigger field in the British Open than you have in the Masters. You have a lot yeah. of European guys and a lot of your amateurs get to get in this uh, because of the you know the requirements. Uh, and uh, a lot of the Americans get in it as well. So I think the Masters might have had 90 to 95 players. And British Open, you know, you can have, I believe it has 100, up to 150 players maybe. So. Yeah. Well, um, well, that's your golf update from uh, from Jeff's putting world. And <laughs> Jeff, go putt-putt. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the NBA finals, uh, we, we got here, the finals are going on last week. It looked, uh, pretty, uh, pretty dark for the Milwaukee bucks, pretty dim. Now the bucks have kind of put things together here. They brought it home and they went two in a row game three and game three wasn't even close, but man, game four was a heck of a game. And Jeff, you and I talked last night a little bit. Uh, the Bucks just came to play last night in game four. They did. And, you know, that I think they were down nine or ten in the fourth quarter. And, you yeah. Know, with the Suns, you know, this is this is the game where if we get this game here, we go back to Phoenix up three to one and close them out. If they, win last, if they win last night, it's over in five. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you got to give the Bucks credit for coming back and, um, you know, Chris Paul, I guess, was the scapegoat for the Suns last night. I think he had 10 points and maybe five turnovers. But um, Yeah, 10 points, seven assists, uh, shot poorly, minus 10 and the plus minus, five turnovers. Booker had a better game after the game three that he had. Um, got in foul trouble and probably should have fouled out late in the game if they missed a call. But Yeah, the, the fouls late that were all granted. I don't think it changed the outcome of the game, but still, there were those late foul calls that, that, that didn't blow. I mean, Booker had 42 last night. I mean, you could safe to say he was really the guy that kept him in the game, but there, those late foul calls that they just they weren't whistling. It was kind of surprising. Like, and I'm all for letting them play. You know what I mean? Like, I'm totally down for. All right, we're gonna let them be physical. None of these touch fouls. No ticky tack fouls. But Devin Booker was just grabbing people last night. And that was almost one of those, like, dude, yeah, like, where's the whistle here? <laughs> like, when Jeff, Van Gundy, when Jeff Van Gundy says there should be a whistle, I mean, you, you can take that to the bank because that guy don't want no fouls called. Right, he likes... The, the, he likes Knicks, nothing. He likes the Knicks Heat series of the late 90s. He likes that physicality and um, no call. Yeah. But uh, Jake... See what Jay Crowder was trying to win a uh, Academy Award last night. Two or three different. (laughs) Boy, was he ever! (laughs) But uh, one I thought was pretty impressive. But yeah, 
But, he, uh, he really did. You know, it's, uh, the Bucks did what they had to do, and now they they got to take it a, one the, more step forward. Or they're going to have to win one of Phoenix, obviously, to yeah. win the, the title. Block so. by, the block by Giannis last night, though, it's that was unbelievable. One of the most unbelievable recoveries that I've ever seen for Giannis. And he had 26 points, 14 boards, 8 assists, 2 blocks, but no block was bigger. Than yeah. that block on Aiton on the alley oop attempt. He that was out was of huge. position too. Like oh, way like, out. Where he had to turn his back. I mean, I'm not saying not like out of position to make a make him make a play, but just the way he was turned and then to be able to re, like you said to recover and make the play. I mean, there might be he's probably has to be probably the only person probably yeah. in America. Maybe maybe three people maybe three people on earth can make that play, and he was one of them. Right, and it was. Really, really impressive, and you know, probably the guy that he blocked is about the only, one of the ones that could have made it. So uh, impressive yeah. play, and uh, I believe they were up two at the time, right? So I think it was tied. I think it was actually tied. Okay, definitely a game changer because Middleton had just made a jumper, and then I think he made another jumper to put him up ahead. So I might. We'll and to, Middle, Middleton was on fire it. last night too. Middleton ended up with forty. Uh, he tore it up. Uh, ended at plus 10 in the plus minus for Middleton. Six boards, four assists, two steals. So, great night for Bucks fans. And, and Tim, let me ask you. For, through four games, home court has mattered so much. Do you think going back to Phoenix, even though the Suns have lost two in a row, do you think going back to Phoenix, the Suns would be the favorite headed back home after losing two in a row to Milwaukee? The sun will come out tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> well, that's one way to put it. Yes, Cotton, the sun will come out again tomorrow, Cotton. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works for him. Uh, but the home court. Yeah, okay. Well, so sure. They can. How, how can they not be favorites at home? They won twice at home. How can they not be? I mean, no, the crowds being back at full capacity for these games, I think, have rattled both teams. You saw it last night. Phoenix seemed to be a little rattled by the crowd. Milwaukee, the first two games, they really kind of were rattled by by the, the Suns crowd. This is, again, a series that it's going to go at least six now that we know. I think last night was one of the great finals games that we've seen in the past few years. It was really a fun game to watch, really entertaining from beginning to end. Great runs. Both teams really put – they left it on the court last night, and it wasn't this ridiculous three-point shootout, high-scoring, no defensive affair. I mean, there was tough-nosed defense being played last night. I mean, I saw Devin, Devin Booker made a shot last night that he had absolutely no business knocking down, but he was sinking shots left and right. So – Again, this this has been a fun finals. If you've not been paying attention, me personally, I'm going to say you're missing out on what's been a great, great NBA finals. Well, last um, night was just, the best game, obviously. It was oh, really yeah. yeah best game of the series. Was. Uh, hopefully there's more of it. Uh, I'd like to see it go game seven games. I don't know if the networks do because, you know, your teams you're not used to having or the players you're not used to having. But it's been great basketball. It really has. Uh, I think the Suns made 23s in the game two. And, as, you know, I think we talked last week. That's when game two was on. 
and you know, we were making our predictions. I, I think you all mm-hmm. said the Suns and six, both of you, and I said the Bucks and six. But yeah. uh, you know, I just don't didn't think Phoenix could keep up the you know shooting that well. I mean, that's just that's hard to do. Make twenty. It is. But um, yeah, going back, I, I agree with Tim. I think they got the fact that they're going home. They got three days. They're going to have what? When's the next game? Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Uh, you know these. I tell you what, these guys have gotten plenty of rest. Uh, usually during the uh, playoffs, when you get like two days and or a day or two, and you're playing again. These last yeah. game was uh, Sunday. Last game was Wednesday, Sunday and then Saturday. So yeah, they're they're getting a lot of time, a lot of travel time, a lot of practice, a lot of R and R. And I mean, I'm not against it really. That that that's pretty pretty good for ratings and good for the well, the players as well. But, yeah, you, you want them to be their best, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yesterday's game was up 36% um, from the first three games, ratings-wise. And, and I think a lot, of that, a lot of that to me has to do with not only it being during the week, because I've found that more people watch games during the week than the weekend because there's not as much going on. And the fact that that was a big game last night, and it was close throughout most of it. It was tied at halftime. How many people maybe flipped over when they saw a score tied at half? You know, I think that helps. It's interesting because they're, they're, the the series is averaging, uh, what is it here, 9.3 million viewers. That's up 33% from last year, but is not anywhere close to pre-pandemic finals. Uh, the average is 13.5 back in 2019. So it's it, it's doing all right. It, it could be doing better, I but think, it could be doing a lot worse, well, too. So. And again, how many times have we brought this up that maybe I don't know how they count people that watch maybe on like, you know, streaming services or. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it counts there. If it counts that, then, yeah, it's down a little bit, but I don't know how it counts. If that's just based on Nielsen ratings, I think you're doing okay. I mean, it seemed like everything was up last night. I mean, not to switch to wrestling, but AEW hit a million viewers last night. And, um, you know, the NBA Finals had nine, and they were up. So, I don't know, it just seemed like last night a lot of people were watching TV. At least that's the way it seems. Well, a lot of people where you lived were watching TV. Yeah, that's true. Hey, don't feel bad. Mine was out there for a while, too, buddy. Nobody was here in this godforsaken country I live in. (laughs) The crotchety Canadian himself, the cranky Canadian. Again, it's what it's what time here? It's eight o'clock. When yeah. I look out, when I look out the window, it looks like it's about ten thirty because it's so smoky out there yeah. that the, the sun isn't coming through, and it's really really it annoying. That's that sucks. But to make up for uh, it, there's a, there's a semi-naked Britney Spears on my television, so that's a good thing. Well, that's okay. We can handle that. Uh, <laughs> So let's look at it. Game five moving forward. We've got the Suns and the Bucks. Who wins game five? Tim, who who is it? Does Phoenix continue the streak of home teams winning or does the yeah. road team get one? Okay, I didn't see game four, so I'm a bit of a island here, but I think Phoenix will win game five. The tough one for them yeah. is gonna be is gonna be seven. Jeff, well, I, I predicted the Bucks would win in six, so uh, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. They're gonna win in six, or we have to win there uh, this game. And uh, you know they do have the, I think they have the momentum with the 
who wins. And uh, but then you still got to give the Suns a slight edge. But if the Bucks are, I think, if they're going to win it, they won't have to win Game Five, and they don't want to go back there for a, like a Game Seven and have to have to win in the championship. But uh, I'm sure, I mean, they would if they had to. But I'm just saying that I think this would be the best time with the momentum that they have right now. I'm taking Phoenix in Game Five. Tough place to get a win. It's going to be hopping. Suns will be rested. They'll be home, ready to go for Game Five. Let me ask this: I called Suns in six. Tim called Suns in six. Jeff, you called Bucks in six. Are we going to stick with six? Does the team that wins Game Five win the series? Is that what we're going to say here right now? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think so. You think so? Tim, are you sticking with that? Uh, yes, you can't make a prediction and then change it. Okay. All right, then. Well, that's what we'll we'll stick with for now. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. We, I had we a, all picked six games. It's it's never going six. It's probably going seven. It might. Yeah. It might. But we'll see. All right. We're going to jump to my conversation. We had a guest join me. It was Gerald Bourget jumped on the show. Phoenix Suns insider. We talked a lot about the Suns and what's going on in the finals. Let's go to my conversation with him. And then when we come back, we're going to have a little trivia fun. Hope you boys are ready. We're coming back right after this. Back with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump is a former guest and friend of the show, Gerald Bourget. He's the NBA editor and lead Suns writer for the Step Back and Fan Sided and also hosts Valley of the Suns podcast. And he's going to be breaking down what's going on in the beautiful, beautiful state of Arizona. Gerald, thank you again for coming back on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And for those that don't know, off air, this has been a a few, this has almost been a month in the making here because Gerald's been busy working and then I had some power issues and my internet was out and we were supposed to be bringing you this interview for a while now, but we're finally getting it. And uh, it was actually a pretty good time to get Gerald on, uh, especially after game four last night, which, you know, I watched game four, probably the best game of the series so far on both sides uh, in terms of competitiveness. Would you agree with me on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you were <laughs> if you were not a Suns fan or a Bucks fan, you were probably enjoying the hell out of uh, game four last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm. I'm not really rooting for either side. I'm happy to see both teams in the finals because it's a change of pace. And, you know, you don't see either of these teams mentioned very often. I think a few years ago, if you would have made people list NBA teams, these might have been two teams they forgot when they were listening listing them. But this has been a culture out in Phoenix that has been wanting something like this for so long. You know, this is their first finals appearance since 1993. And how has the the town of Phoenix and basically the whole area kind of embraced this, what's going on with Phoenix Suns right now? It's been awesome to see because, I mean, obviously I grew up watching the Steve Nash Suns and I came out here for college in in 2009. So I caught the last two years of of Steve Nash's prime out here, those good Suns teams. Um, And I've never seen the city like this. I I think the 11-year playoff drought, on top of just, you know, these fans waiting for the Suns to be good again, waiting for Devin Booker to get his chance to play on a good team. Um, and then on top of that, you know, you got the the pandemic blues, people finally being able to go to sporting events again for the first time in over a year. And I think all of that has just 
gelled into this perfect storm of excitement because you know Phoenix has always been a Suns town, um, but the team hasn't been good in so long. It, it's kind of been forgotten. So it's really cool to see you know Suns jerseys everywhere you go in the downtown area and and see people posting to their stories from bars, just random bars all over the city you know, during games and the bars are packed with Suns fans watching these games. So it's been really cool to see the city come alive and just kind of rally around this team again. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch. And this all started in the bubble last year when Phoenix was, you know, they were kind of a, a dark horse long shot to get into the playoffs and they nearly got there after going undefeated in the bubble. And then they acquire Chris Paul who comes in and Devin Booker gets better. They got some great role players there. Uh, talk about that bubble stretch and how that influence helped get the Suns to where they needed to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because heading into the bubble, you know, a lot of people out here in Phoenix were saying this, including myself, but like the Suns really wanted to be invited to that bubble because they had dealt with injuries all year, DeAndre Ayton's 25 game suspension. And they were kind of this young team that was looking to make the next step. I think they were something like, 14 games under 500 when the season was uh, put on hiatus because of the pandemic. And they were a team that just kind of wanted to build some momentum heading into the next season, gel a little bit more with some of their veterans and get back on, on track for making a playoff appearance this year. So what they were able to accomplish in the bubble was incredible going eight and zero and beating some really good teams in the process. Obviously, um, they had a little bit more to play for as far as needing to win every game in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. And it didn't wind up mattering in the end. But that bubble run really put them on the map for a guy like Chris Paul, even for a guy like Jay Crowder, who he said, I think something like 13 teams contacted him in free agency with an offer. And, you know, Chris Paul said he chose the Suns because of Devin Booker. Um, and I think you know, what the youngsters showed in the bubble was a part of that, just showing that, you know, if he did, you know, accept a trade to Phoenix, he would be able to compete in his first year there because obviously he's on the tail end of his career. He wants to compete for championships now. I don't think many people saw them as a title contender, but he saw something in Devin Booker and Monty Williams and the rest of this young core that made him want to accept that trade. And that was the spot that he pushed for. And then you got Jay Crowder, who's being recruited by Chris Paul and Devin Booker and decides that he wants to come on down to Phoenix. You've got veterans like uh, Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore agreeing to veteran minimum deals to be, you know, 13, 14, 15th guys on this roster. It's pretty impressive the culture they've been able to create before even Chris Paul arrived. And, uh, you know, without that bubble run, I don't think what you're seeing now happens at all. Yeah, I believe you're. I believe you're right. But let let's go ahead and let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, you know, the Suns make a, a great run, great season, second seed in the West. They they get all the way to the finals. They are the underdog as the two seed in the first round. They get past the Lakers, which was a huge step. And I think, would you think? Well, let me reword it here. Would you agree with me? And this is my thinking that that win over the Lakers. Uh, winning that series was the first step to giving Phoenix the confidence they needed to make a run to the finals. Absolutely. I mean, I think going into the playoffs after watching this team all season long, the people that had watched knew that like this was a legitimate contender. Um, you just didn't know 
if they would be ready for the moment because you look at their rotation four out of their top seven players are guys who would be playing in their first playoff game their first playoff series so they had never been here before and if you look through you know back through nba history there's not a lot of teams with that much inexperience that make it this far or that win titles at all so they were they very much looked the part of a of a title contender during the regular season but as we all know playoff basketball is a little bit different um when that flip or that switch kind of flipped you know they didn't look scared of the moment and they played the defending champs and obviously they were a little banged up lebron james didn't look like the full 100% lebron james were used to anthony davis was out um i think from like game 4 onward but, you know, they dealt with their own adversity as well. Chris Paul couldn't use his arm, his right arm, for, you know, the first three or four games of that series as well. Um, and I think by overcoming the defending champs, by beating the Lakers, who, as we all know, are a big rival of the Suns, um, and the last team to knock the playoff, the Suns out of the playoffs back in 2010, if you remember all the way back, I think that was a big just kind of symbolic moment for them and, and a, an eye-opening one that like, hey, we can beat anybody in a series. We can beat the defending champs and we can make a legitimate run at this thing in a year that's that's pretty wide open. Yeah, and this year has been pretty wide open for Phoenix to get there and make this run. Um, let's look at the finals. They get to the finals. They're taking on the Bucks, And this was a matchup to me that if I saw phoenix having maybe some issues it would be with milwaukee uh, i thought atlanta they would just dominate but with milwaukee i thought there might be a little bit of trouble in terms of just Giannis and the bigs but the first two games of this series phoenix just came out and at home and just dominated what like and is it just the home cooking that they they play so well or you know, not saying that the the officiating was bad or anything but just playing at home is that just something the suns are are dominating at especially in these playoffs yeah i mean i think they've only lost two home games in the postseason i think milwaukee's only lost one but there there's no tougher place to play in the nba right now than in phoenix just because i mean they were letting in higher capacity crowds than anyone sooner than anyone and you know like i was talking about just the 11 years of build-up waiting for this team to be back in the playoffs the you know almost 30 years of buildup waiting for this team to be back in the finals on top of the pandemic blues like there is no environment that's tougher to play in right now because it is just so loud it's like i've been to a lot of sporting events in my life i've never been to a building that loud as phoenix suns arena right now so it's really incredible but the suns just uh they looked very comfortable they looked like a confident team they looked like the better team through those first two games and I think what we've seen in the last two games is, uh, you know, the Bucks are a very resilient, good team. They played really well, especially in game three. Um, and the Suns are, are kind of hurting themselves in areas where they took care of business through those first two games. So I'm fascinated to see if they're able to touch up on some of those areas with this series shifting back to Phoenix now. And that's what I wanted to talk about. What What do you see in game one and two versus game three and four? Um, that, that Phoenix needed like they didn't do or did do in game one and two and three and four wasn't there or things they were, they were doing differently. I know, and I know playing in Milwaukee, it's a tough place to get a win. Uh, really, really hard place to, to go into and win. But at the same time, it's, you know, Phoenix was had a dominant lead. And again, a lot of people are saying, 
to quote the guy who uh, is now internet famous for Sons in Four. Uh, <laughs> but now it's become now a series where now we're down to a best of three here and we're headed back to Phoenix. What do you think it has changed between games one and two into games three and four? Other yeah. than just the venue. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's all of the kind of, uh, you know, they keep chalking it up to 50-50 plays and things like that. It's a lot of the miscellaneous stats that you look at. Um, you know, the Bucks have really been able to get out in transition. Um, you know, in game four, uh, the Bucks had, they outscored the Suns 15-0 in fast break points. Um, you know, you look at the offensive glass, the Bucks have really been pounding them on the offensive glass the last two games. In game three, uh, that was partly due to Aiton's foul trouble that really hurt the Suns. And then in game four, they were just, you know, getting second chance opportunities. The the Suns shot, I think, almost like 52%, or they shot 51% from the field, and the Bucks only shot 40%, but the Bucks took 19 more shots because of all the second chance opportunities they were generating. Um, and the Suns also have done a poor job the last two games of taking care of the ball. You know, Chris Paul had five turnovers by himself in the last game when the series before, I think he only had 10 for like the entire series. Um, you know, they, they committed, what was it? 17 turnovers and the Bucks only had five and the Suns gave up 24 points off the of turnovers. So it's just little things like that, little mistakes where they're hurting themselves with the turnovers, with, with not closing out defensive possessions with an, with a defensive rebound, um, you know, with letting the Bucks get out in transition from those turnovers those are just little areas, attention to detail, things that they can take care of in game five that would go a long way because right now a lot of these things are unforced errors. They're, they're things that they're beating themselves at, um, and they were not doing that in games one and two. I, I think the change of venue hurt them a little bit in that regard because this is the first kind of truly loud building that they've had to play in on the road uh, for the whole postseason. So I think that affected them a little bit more than they were anticipating They've just got to get back to basics with some of these things like taking care of the ball, closing out defensive stops, and um, you know protecting the paint a little better like they did in game four. Yeah, and when I, I saw the game last night, especially as it got down towards the end, Chris Paul turning the ball over that kind of sealed the game from Milwaukee, that is so uncharacteristic of Chris Paul because this is a guy that you see night in, night out, protects the ball. He does not turn the ball over often. Um, not saying the moment got to him, but the crowd you could tell was having an effect. Cause that's a, that's a tough place to play Milwaukee, especially with the way they've designed that building. And now mm -hmm. they've got the deer district outside and, and that's <laughs> been a big thing. And, and home court has been very important in this series as there hasn't been an away team win yet. Um, so we look at that last night and Paul turning the ball over, uh, was that more surprising or was the. DeAndre Ayton alley oop block more surprising to you because I'm talking DeAndre Ayton was wide open and I <laughs> thought that ball was going down and Giannis I don't know how he got there but he got there and made a huge block like, what was more surprising to you on those two plays that's honestly a good question I, I think the Chris given the way that the Chris Paul game had gone last night it wasn't surprising to see yeah turnover just because he had already committed four at that point and he wasn't having a good game i think he shot five for 13 it, it, it was very strange to see him have such a bad game on that stage because you know game one he was phenomenal games oh yeah games two and three even he was still pretty good very efficient from the field at least 
Um, but game four, he looked visibly uncomfortable as far as I don't I don't think it was the moment getting to him. There's some speculation that he's not 100 percent right, something with his wrist, um, because he did have a minor wrist injury that he was dealing with in the conference finals. But I mean, that didn't stop him from closing out the Clippers in game six or, or putting up 30 some on the Bucks in game one. So I don't really ascribe to that, but that's just something people are speculating about out here. The Giannis block was, I mean, that was the moment that you knew the Suns had lost that game. Like that moment right there when they were able to stop that play, because I don't think there's anybody else in the NBA that could have stopped that. No, not at all. And I'll say this. Nobody on the Suns made a bad play there. That was just an unbelievable play by probably one of the maybe three people on the planet that could have done that. Right. Giannis. Right. I, I think the Suns should be beating themselves up about, you know, that first quarter where the Bucks started so poorly and the Suns only had a three-point lead at the end of the first quarter. They really missed an opportunity to build a lead. But when it came down to that play there, I mean, that was just the Bucks beating the Suns. Like, that was a good play or a great play trumping a good play because, you know, people are saying Booker threw the pass a little bit high, and I guess that's true, but you know, 9.9 times out of 10, that's going to be an alley-oop in two points, and that's a tie game right there. But Giannis just made a sensational block, one of the best blocks in NBA Finals history, um, probably second only to the block from LeBron James. And, you know, you, you got to tip your hat to a, a play like that because it was just incredible. That's the stuff, uh, if the Suns lose this series, that's the stuff that therapy appointments are made of because... <laughs> There's just nothing you can do I'm, about that. You I'm know? still in that line. That's a good one. <laughs> it's just, I mean, if you're a Suns fan, that play will traumatize you if they don't pull this series out. But it was really an incredible play um, and one that we will remember when we talk about Giannis's, you know, legacy and, you know, where he fits among the all-time greats, all that kind of stuff a few years down the, lo- the road. That was a very signature finals moment for him. Well, let's look at the Suns here last night. I thought they played... Yeah, this was a good game. Obviously, Paul had struggles a little bit, but man, you talked about Jay Crowder, and he was a guy that's had NBA uh, playoffs this year. You got to guard LeBron. Good luck. Uh, then you got to go in, and you know he's he's playing on Michael Porter Jr. a lot. He's playing you know down low some on switches. Um, he's had to guard some of the best. You know, Paul George, uh, just just some of the toughest assignments this guy has had. And he played pretty well last night early on. He got off hot early. And I thought Jay Crowder looked about as good as I'd seen him in that first quarter last night. Yeah, I mean, he, he got off to a good start. He was really good in game three as well. It, it kind of flew under the radar because the Suns shot so poorly. Um, I think he made six of his seven threes in game three. And the rest of the Suns were something like three for 24. Um, so he really carried their three-point shooting um you know game four I think he wound up shooting like three for ten he's had a very good postseason um kind of bizarre in this series he's shooting like 46 percent from three but he's shooting like 39 percent from the field overall so (laughs) 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 he's been great outside the three-point line not so great inside of it um but you're right his minutes have been important just in terms of um you know, the defense that he brings, the toughness that he brings, the ability to guard multiple spots. 
obviously this is a really bad matchup for him because when DeAndre Ayton is not guarding Giannis, most of that will fall to either Jay Crowder or Cam Johnson, who's been great off the bench. Um, that's just a really tough matchup because even though Jay is very strong, Giannis just has way more length and, and kind of speed and, and that that dexterity to you know do that Euro step when he's running towards the basket at full speed. It's just incredible body control that he has, mm-hmm. but... Um, you know, Jay and, a Crowder, guy, and, and a guy can take two steps from half court and <laughs> dunk it. So, yeah, I mean, I understand. Yeah, that, that certainly doesn't help trying to stop him. But um, Crowder has been very important. He made a couple of plays late in the game that were rough, like that inbounds pass that he threw too far from DeAndre Ayton that was, you know, an easy steal and dunk for Giannis. But for the most part, he's been he's been very good, especially when the series shifted to Milwaukee. He played uh, pretty good, especially with his three point shooting. Yeah, definitely. Looking to game five. Game five coming up uh, Saturday night. This is, I mean, this this is the biggest game of the season uh, mm-hmm. for every, for all parties involved. This is a huge, huge matchup. Uh, coming back to Phoenix, do you feel like this is must win for Phoenix? They absolutely have to win this game and be up 3-2 headed to Milwaukee. I, I think so. I think every game in their mind right now is a must win just because you know, they had the 2-0 series lead. They were playing great. And then the venue shifted and they kind of started beating themselves up and the Bucks got their confidence because, you know, a lot of the Bucks and this isn't just, you know, the Suns beating themselves up. The Bucks came out and they were resilient and they played with a sense of urgency and the Suns just didn't match that on uh, on the road. So now we've got ourselves a series. Now if you lose game five, you're looking at potentially being closed out on the road in a building where you were unable to win the first two times. So uh, they definitely need to win game five. I predicted Suns in six from the very start of this series, so I'm still sticking with that. I think if they take care of the defensive glass a little better, if they take care of the ball, um, you know, I think we're in store for a Chris Paul bounce-back game unless something really is wrong with him. Um, And we saw the Devin Booker bounce-back game in game four. I think they just need a game where both of their backcourt players come out and play well because, you know, game one, it was Chris Paul. Game two, it was Booker. Game three, it was really neither of them. And game four, Booker bounced back. So now they need a Chris Paul bounce back at home. This team plays really well at home. And, uh, you know, I was honestly surprised they lost both games in Milwaukee. This is a team that only had five losing streaks the entire season long. Yeah before game four so them losing three games in a row that's only happened once all season that was way back in january i think so i'd be i'd be pretty shocked if they lost game five the bucks are a great team but that home court advantage and just taking care of some attention to detail areas i I think the suns will win game five yeah and i don't see Giannis uh shooting 23 of 24 free throw wise either uh (laughs) in phoenix um and you know, worst comes to worst, if you got to put Javon Carter in, my West Virginia guy, if you got to put him in, that's fine too. We'll let you. Uh, <laughs> I do love Javon Carter. Sorry. Uh, um, but he's one of my favorites. But Gerald, I want to thank you for your time here on Why Men Can't Jump this week and appreciate you checking in with us. And uh, win, lose, or draw, we'll have you back and talk about the Suns again here soon. Uh, let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and follow you and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Um, you can Anytime. check out all my writing at uh, fansided.com slash MBA. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Gerald Borgay. 
And uh, you can listen to my podcast, the Valley of the Suns podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah. All right. You heard him, Casey King, you Suns fan. You can go listen to him. He, <laughs> he, he said, listen. All right. Well, Gerald, thanks again so much for coming on, and uh, we'll have you back real, real soon. And really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thank you. All right, we're back here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to Gerald Bourget for jumping on the show and talking with us here this week. It's always good to talk to him. And uh, it was good to have Stevie Browning on as well. And all of our sponsors, we thank them as well. Now, I mentioned this <laughs> before break. Tim looked at me like I had Stephen Turds hanging out of my ears. Um, but I want to, to bring this up. All right. So I want to bring up something that Jeff and I talked about a while back. There's a lot of teams out there and, you know, we had talked about this a while back about teams moving and relocating and where teams have went, where they start. And it's been, it's kind of hard to keep up with. I mean, am I, am I wrong on that gentleman? Hello. Franchises have had, I believe five or six different teams. So, uh, different yeah. cities. So yeah, it's, Right, so, so basically, uh, what I want to do, and uh, we're going to wait on Tim. Tim's doing something at the moment, so we'll give Tim a second. But what, what I'm looking to do here is we are going to have a little bit of fun here. And we're going to see if these guys, and when I say these guys, I mean Jeff and Tim, can, if I give them a team, can they... Tell me what team this is now. And I'll use, um, you know, I'll just, we can do a, an easy one for an example here when I say it. Um, yeah, and we're going to go all over sports. I mean, we're going to go football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and, and everything. Um, so basically what, what I'll do is I'll throw out a team. And I'll say, okay, the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, where did they start? Well, uh, or, or I will say, you know, Oakland Raiders, where, you know, what team are they now? And obviously they're the Las Vegas Raiders, right? That's not too hard. Some of these are harder than they look. So we're going to, we're going to have some fun with this guys. Are, are you ready, Tim, for that? I, I refuse to answer on the grounds. I know nothing. Well, too bad. And again, we're not keeping score. We're just going to go back and forth, have a little fun here and talk about, Teams that have moved and, and and a lot of things like that. Um, so yeah, let, let's have a little fun here with this. Are you guys ready? Ready. All right, Jeff. We'll start with you. Major League Baseball is where we're starting at here. Okay. All right. What team that is currently in the league now used to be known as the St. Louis Browns? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> fuck. 
Fuck if I know. Uh, I told you. The Kansas City Royals. It is not the Kansas City Royals. Tim, you want to venture a guess? Pass. Is the Baltimore Orioles? Should have went with my first instinct. Used to be the Kansas or the excuse me, the St. Louis Browns. Kind of tough. That one was tough. Tim, I'll throw one to you here. Okay. This team was known as the Philadelphia Athletics. All right. Wait a minute. That one's too easy. Never mind. I just saw where they moved and they moved again. Okay. So apparently, I didn't know this. The Philadelphia Athletics moved to Kansas City, and then they moved to Oakland. <laughs> so I didn't there you know go. That. I would have I said Oakland, but I would. Well, have you would have. You would have technically been correct. Yeah, I wouldn't um, have got Kansas City in there though. Okay, here's one. The Seattle Pilots. What team are they now? And it's not the Mariners. The Mariners are an expansion team. What team did the Seattle Pilots move? Pilots. They moved to a city and became a different team. I have no idea. Jeff, you want to take a guess? Uh, Minnesota. Good guess, but no. The Seattle Pilots moved to Milwaukee. They are the Brewers. Hmm. Interesting. Didn't know that. Obviously. <laughs> so apparently, the Washington Senators, by the way, have moved twice. Uh, let's start with the first one. Okay. Jeff, what, what the first time the Washington Senators, give me one of the two times they moved and who they became. The Washington Senators, they've moved twice. Give me one of them. Are they the are they the Atlanta Braves now? They are not. Tim, give me can you guess one? One of the two teams that the they Washington are Washington Senators. They were the Washington Senators. That are now the they, Nationals. No, they are not the Nationals. Well no, they're not the Nationals, but that's the franchise no. now is the Nationals. No. Well, well the in team Washington, in Washington is the Nationals. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but this um, is the Washington Senators. And they've moved, they've been there twice. They've been to and the same place. Okay, they've been in Washington explain. twice. The Washington okay, no, Senators you. were a team in 1961. Then they moved. Then the AL granted them a new team called the Senators, and they moved again. <laughs> That's not even that so, far Can you back. name one of the two teams? No, I can't. I think uh, is it the one I mentioned earlier? Probably the Twins now. Sorry, there you got me. Lost connection. Are they the twins now? They are the twins now, yes. In 1961, they became the twins. Can you guess the other team? Anybody throw one out there? Nope. Stumped. 72, they moved to Texas and became the Rangers. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. All right, let's go over to the NBA, shall we? No. Who am I starting with here? Go, go with Tim. Tim, okay. 
All right, let's see here. The Buffalo Braves. What team is the Buffalo Braves now? Well, if I know. I, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. West Coast. West Coast team. I think I might know this one. West Coast team. Well, then it's one of two. It's not the Lakers. Then who is it? Uh, I'll go with Golden State. Incorrect. Jeff. Is it the Kings? It is not. The Buffalo Braves moved to San Diego. Then they moved to Los Angeles. They are the Clippers. The Clippers. God, talk about like a Buffalo to San Diego. (laughs) Talk about a change, right? Cold, All right, yeah. Jeff, here. here you go, Jeff. This is an easy one. Syracuse Nationals. What team are they now? It's not easy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I actually knew this one before. Yeah, I remember, before. this is the guy who, who isn't answering any of the questions telling you it's easy. Well, this one I knew. This, one, this is about the only one I knew, but. <laughs> is it? The is it the Nets? No. No. Take a guess, Tim. I got nothing. Philadelphia seventy sixers. Why would I know that? Why would you why would you know that? It was one of the trivia questions I asked um Tom and uh Jeff Simmons. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that was Fair one. Uh, some of these are kind of easy. See, a lot of these in the NBA, they didn't change their mascot. So it was one of those uh, one of those things where it's kind of easy for some of them. Uh, like this one's an easy one. Kansas City Kings, where did they move to? Right? Right. Yeah, Sacramento. Uh, so the NBA is No way. Hard. They became the Los Angeles Kings of the NHL. <laughs> All right, let's go to the NFL. This one gets fun here. Um, man, I didn't know this. This is way back. Jeff, Portsmouth Spartans. Where oh, did they – what team are they now? Geez. Yeah, this is hard. I would have never guessed this one. Uh, are they Washington? They are not. They could guess, Tim? Portsmouth. What were they? Spartans? Spartans. Detroit Lions. Boom! Nailed it! You know you know why? Michigan Spartans. Yeah, That's there, the yeah. only reason I got that. Yeah, and there it is. Detroit Lions. Oh. That is correct. Oh. Good job, Tim. I cannot believe Portsmouth had an NFL team. Yeah, that's a little frightening. It was, it was 1934, if that helps. <laughs> Still, though. Huh. Okay, here's one for you, Tim, Mr. Smart Guy. 1921, Decatur Stanleys. Who are they now? Decatur Stanleys. Well, they went into the tool business. <laughs> God. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I don't Any even know where Decatur. Yeah. I don't even know where Decatur is, let alone. 
Georgia? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, let me. I don't really know where Decatur is. Oh, well, if I tell you, it'll give it away. Atlanta Falcons. No. If I tell you the state, it'll give it away. No. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Bay. No, Green Bay's always been there, haven't they? Yes. Um, as far as I know. <laughs> this is tough, ain't it? Yeah, it is. Give up, or you want a hint, or uh, I tell, okay, I'll take a hint. Okay. Um. Well, clearly there's still a team now. We always <laughs> fucking uh, stunning hint. I know, great, great, right? Um. <laughs> actually, what do you think here? Uh, haven't won a Super Bowl since the '80s. Decatur, Illinois, home of the Bears. That is correct. That's a good hint. Well, is the yeah. Stanleys has got something to do with that, right? Yes. That's the name I think the, or I think the name of the, the owner was right. Stanley, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. The Decatur Stanley was conceived by the A.E. Stanley Food Starch Company in Decatur, Illinois, and they were a company team. So that's how they became to be. They must have been really thrilled when they switched because being the Decatur Stanleys or the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Much cooler. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd be a bear too. All right, yeah. Tim, since this is similar to your team, the AFL Dallas Texans. They're now an NFL franchise. And I'll give you a hint. They're pretty damn good. And no, it's not Tampa. I was going to say, it is in Tampa. Uh, the Chiefs. That's it. Kansas City. Hmm. All right. Well, everybody knows the Baltimore Colts. Everybody knows that. Uh, <laughs> that one's too easy. Some of these where they keep the same name is just like, it makes it too easy. This one, and these are too recent, so... All right, to the NHL we go. This is where Tim may shine here. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to say. That's a pretty convoluted mess. Right. So here we go. Yeah, it is. All right, this team, Tim, the Kansas City Scouts, they moved to Denver. They became the Colorado Rockies, and then they moved, and they're now this team. You know, I don't know. I want to say the Coyotes. Incorrect. Jeff, want to take a guess? Mm. Not really, but I'll, I'll try. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, I was beautiful. a game to stump Jeff. <laughs> uh, Winnipeg. No. New Jersey Devils. The Devils, okay. The Devils, all right. Jeff, here's you one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. The Winnipeg Jets were the original name of this franchise, and they moved. 
Now the Winnipeg Jets is still there, right? But it's not this franchise. Hmm. Is it? Uh, I think. Is it? Is it Phoenix? It is the oh, Phoenix Coyotes. Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah. Well done, Jeff. All right. How do you- you started talking smack, so I had to, had to come back. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was. <laughs> All right, Tim, here's you one. <laughs> the Hartford Wheelers, or excuse me, Hartford Whalers. 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 Oh, what team are they? Carolina Hurricanes. Correct. All right, you guys, you guys are nailing the hockey ones of all of. Some of the NFL was kind of before World War One and Two. <laughs> yeah, that was back before, back before like newspapers. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Quebec Nordicans, I think mm. is how you pronounce that. Quebec Nordiques. Nordiques. Okay, I yeah, I can't pronounce that. Nordics. Nordics. Uh, okay, whatever. That's the avalanche. All that right. Is, that is correct. All right. All right. Boy, this is this is convoluted right here. This is not a question. I'm just going to read this. In 1976, the California Golden Seals played their home games in Oakland, moved to Cleveland, and became the Barons. The Barons then merged with the Minnesota North Stars two years later. The San Francisco Bay Area was awarded the Sharks in 91 when owners threatened to move the team from Minnesota. They were allowed to split half of the team back to San Jose. What a mess. Sheesh. And then it was the Minnesota North Stars, who then yeah. somehow became the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Because the North After Stars they, don't they exist they anymore. They for Dallas, though, did they not? Yeah, yeah, the North Stars became the Dallas Stars. Then Minnesota got another franchise, and it's, oh, yeah, they're... There was a lot of craziness there for a while. So here, here's a team I wanted to bring up here. This one's fun. What team is currently, they were in Chica- in the NFL. They were in Chicago before they went to St. Louis, and then they moved one more time to where they're at now. And I can't tell you the mascot, or it'll give it away. Think about it, though. You said NFL or NFL? No, no, no. This is NFL. NFL. So they were in Chicago. They were in Chicago. They went to St. Louis. Went to St. Louis, and now they are where they're at now. No, they are where they're at now. (laughs) I can't say. I can't say. What is it? Arizona. Arizona. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. And if you look at a map, Jeff, Arizona is where it is now. It is. It's right where it is now. <laughs> well, guys, I thought that was that was fun. I just wanted to have a little fun here on uh, the, to end the show. We we hadn't done anything like that in a few few weeks. So it has been a while. Well, that'll wrap us up for this evening, and uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. What, Tim? I think you're cutting out because. There was silence there for a second, or at least I didn't hear anything. Uh, maybe I did. I don't know. Sure. I had a little bit of a had a little bit of a rough evening here on this end with the connection. But anyway, we hope you enjoyed the program tonight. We'll be back next week with more Wide Men Can't Jump. We are ten weeks away from episode two hundred. Look out! 
Dude, what happens on Monday? What do you mean? This Monday? What happens on this Monday in sports? The, Olymp- Olymp- the Olympics finally start. Oh, do they finally start? Okay. No fans yeah, allowed. No, nobody seems to really care, it seems. I, Maybe. I forgot. <laughs> well, it's already, I mean, how many sporting events do you care about that are delayed a, an entire year? Then there's no fans, so the fanfare, you know, the hype that would normally be there isn't. And I'm not sure anybody gives a hoot. I guess we'll have to see what the ratings on the Olympics are like. I'm sure once they get going, people will tune in, but we'll see. Well, networks spent a lot of money to telecast the Olympics, so if they don't do well, that won't well, be good for broadcast television. Well, that's all on NBC. That's up to them. But all right, call it this time, and uh, by the next time we join you, we should have a brand new NBA champion. All right, real so quick, think about Nathan, the, uh, is Game Five a Saturday, and then. Game six will be when? Tuesday? Tuesday. Maybe? I think it's Tuesday. Let me yeah, double check yeah. that. Man, they sure are. Why are they stretching it out so far? Good Lord, they're taking their time to get this thing done. Yeah. Let me double check. I could be wrong. But I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it should be Tuesday. And then game yep, Tuesday. And then game seven would be next Thursday. So, the night. Okay. So, we might not. Well, yeah, we, we might be on the air for the final, possibly. Uh, yeah, cool. potentially, or we could do cool. that, or a potential or a wrap up, yeah. or a wrap up. Either way, we'll play it by ear and see how it goes. All I know is, is uh, we'll be we'll be there when we get there. That game, <laughs> That's all I that can game, tell you. That game's gonna be where it's at when it happens. That game is gonna be right where it's at, and we're gonna be right where we are. So until next time, the cranky Canadian Tim and yeah. the Titan of trivia Jeff. This is Nate. And um, somebody send us home. Who's going to do it this week? You can call Jeff? your Paul. You can call your Paul from Arkansas. What in the hell does that mean? <laughs> I was going to say, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Garth Brooks? Oh, was that Ray Charles? Yeah. Ooh, I oh. thought maybe you were going to go with good night, Nathan. Good night, Ma. <laughs> good night, Jeff boy. Good night, Paul. <laughs> Uh, good morning, bandit. <laughs> oh, God. Now that the pleasantries are out of the way, <laughs> where are you, you son of a bitch? <laughs> Give me 500 on the band. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at anchor.fm slash WMCJ. Check us out there and download our podcast directly from Anchor or subscribe on one of the many platforms where we're located, including iTunes, Spotify, and more. Thanks to our great sponsors for making this program possible, New Taylor & Associates at newlawoffice.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, Strip Cam Fun at stripcamfun.com as well as Stay Classy Meats located at stayclassymeats.com. Use our promo code WIDEMEN and save 10% on your order. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Sports Talk with Nate and Tim, and we hope you come back and join us again for our next episode at the same spot you found it last time. Thanks again to the wonderful Horse Burner for providing our intro song 
as well as all the other content they bring out. Check them out on YouTube, iTunes, Apple Music, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump. We hope to see you back next time. For Tim, this is Nate saying so long for now, and we'll see you again on the next edition of Wide Men Can't Jump.